it, everybody. It's that. I was about to say that's unfortunate. No, oh man, no. I'm Ooh. completely messing up. This is unfortunate. Completely messing up. <laughs> I am tired, y'all. Yo, you're not listening to that's unfortunate. You're listening to shit. I play that. <laughs> What's good, guys? It's your boy. First, aka SSJ Blackrod, aka Mr. Muckluck, aka the Great One. We're here. We're here in the building. I'm here with my boys, James to the Green. How you doing? I'm good. Chris, how's it going, man? Miss, aka Mr. Two Podcast. Yeah, he saw what happened. Some, I mean, at some point, if I call someone Morgan or Velvet or Jade, just please, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Rod, how you doing, man? Good, uh, good. You know, it's the first week that we legitimately, well, maybe not the first week we've taken a week off, but the first week that we haven't released something. So I feel like very re- mm-hmm. recharged and ready to to get going again. Like it was, it was, it was good. It wasn't something that we was planned beforehand. Like, you know, we didn't plan that, mm-hmm. but it was like, it ended up, I think, being good to kind of like, re- at least for me, like recharging my batteries as well and just going like accumulating a ton of things to talk about, um, and you know, you, you you when you you don't do something, you know, out of like your normal routine, like it, you miss it that much more. So it's good to be mm-hmm. back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yo, I said that it's exactly. I'm excited to be. I'm excited to be back. To talk about video games. Uh, granted, I haven't been playing too much, too many video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's still home. This is still home. This is still you know something that I get excited for. Uh, this is the baby. This is the baby right here. So um definitely excited how's it how's it like you know it's, it's been like you said like it's been a uh, a week since uh we've you know released content but like how have you guys been doing anything you know worth shouting out anything worth saying james you got anything going on Woo. i mean it's just been an interesting week i'm sure everybody knows but uh one of the most recent losses we've had just as like a a group of people Shout out to uh, Chaz- Chadwick Boseman. Unfortunately, we lost him last week. Uh, fuck cancer, also. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, no, man. Just kind of laying low, working. Enjoyed the extra time off. Trying to, uh, you know, get back into the swing of things. Looking at a new car potentially sometime soon. So that's a, that's a positive. Hey. Yeah, All right. you know, got to upgrade the, the, the transportation. But besides that, man, nah, not too much going on. What about you? Yeah, keeping it simple. Trying right. to. Trying to keep it simple. Sometimes just let it flow. And uh, things are back on track. All right, Rod, how, what about you, man? How you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of my sentiments are aligned with, with James in terms of, you know, we experienced, you know, uh, Chadwick Boseman's loss, which is an extremely... Uh, sad uh, tragic really uh jacob blake as well his murder uh or his not his murder excuse me his uh, uh the shooting that occurred with him uh, attempted murder attempted murder thank you yeah absolutely absolutely uh you know black lives matter uh will keep flying that flag forever so yeah it, it's it's been rough socially uh but also 
at least in my personal life, uh, I've been fortunate enough to make some moves um, at the job. Part of the reason why we were off um, was because we had to actually push the show back a, l- a bit. I had some uh, some personal job things to do, but it resulted. Uh, it had a very positive result. Uh, I ended up actually getting a bit of a promotion at my job, so that was awesome. Okay. Um, yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. Now hold on. Clap it up for the man. First of all, yes. Yeah. You didn't tell us how it turned oh, out, so I'm glad. I'm oh, glad this is positive for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It it was it was a a journey, man. It was a journey. Anytime you <laughs> you go for a different position at your at your company, it's like you have to jump through a lot of hoops that you wouldn't think you otherwise would, but you definitely do. But it makes you appreciate the the role a lot too. Um, but yeah, I'm extremely excited about that. Um, I will probably be a little bit busier, but I mean, you know, still working in the same general time frame, you know, business hours, weekdays, things like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that in terms of that, it's been, it's been awesome. So yeah, I, I not much to complain about in that regard. That's fantastic, yeah. dude. Great. Yeah, you. I mean, you, you love to see it. Love seeing uh, the the homies prosper and uh, and step up. So that's man. Once again, another round round of applause. Woo! Hear you. I uh, hear that. Um. Uh oh. Hey, Rod, say something again. It looks like hello. the chat may not be able to hear. Uh oh. Hello. Testing. Testing. Can chat hear me? Oh no. I wonder why. Say something now. Test. Test. Hello, chat. Yeah, there we go. Okay, sorry about that, guys. All right, cool. Yeah, so um, quick little hiccup once again. <laughs> we're we're back <laughs> from a week off. <laughs> appreciate shout out to our mod subject T in the uh, chat. Uh, always looking out, letting us know when we're fucking up. Can do it without that. you, subject. Can do it. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our what you've been playing. And wait, before I even do that. Once again, uh, shout out to everyone that uh, has been watching, has been listening. Uh, people that are like, "Yo, Chris, where where was the show?" And I was like, "Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all realize we didn't drop anything." I pre- I appreciate that. I appreciate I appreciate the want for video games from people. People are like, "Yo, we need to know what's going on in the world of gaming." So, shout out to everyone that reached out. Um, but you know, if uh, if you don't follow us on like the major platforms, like. Uh, like of course on Twitch or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we are on everything else, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that other stuff. Send us messages, tag our stuff. We appreciate all that stuff. So um, let's go ahead and jump into the show. Uh, we'll jump into our what you've been playing. So James, yep. what you've been playing, man? So um, mine's not going to be very long this week. Uh, I've been playing a bit of Ghost of Tsushima, but if you've been keeping up with that, you know how I feel. Still a great game, mm-hmm. wonderful open world, uh, the sharpened blade of open world games, as it were. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. But on the newer front, I got to check out the Avengers beta, Marvel's Avengers. Um, played it on PS4, went with the open beta, so I haven't made a pre-order yet. And I'm still not sure if I'm going to. <laughs> Ooh, let's let's talk about yeah, it. I, we we've we've all mm-hmm. we've all played it at, at this point now. Yes. Um, James, well, I guess just James, since you're starting, uh, what you, what were your overall thoughts? Just what you think? I feel like there is a skeleton of a game here, mm. but there's just some things that don't scream sixty dollars to me. It doesn't feel like something I would expect from such a high profile IP. 
mm-hmm. and such a high profile company like Square Enix. Um, it's just the weird things like movement doesn't feel right in this game, at least not for me. Um, running in itself is pretty good, but just the overall, just getting from A to B, jumping between platforms. Like I played as Miss Marvel initially, um, and she has this grapple ability, but the grapple doesn't seem like it. Um, it tracks very well, or when I launch myself with her pulling ability, I don't have any control of where I land. So I feel like I was fighting the controls more time than fighting the enemies. But then when you do end up fighting the enemies, combat feels kind of bland for me. Mm. Um, it does have the basic light, heavy attack combo structure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't think there's enough variations in the combos for me to really want to continue to play that kind of style. Mm-hmm. Like I think about some of my favorite action games that rely on that, like um, like a Ninja Gaiden mm-hmm. or um, Devil May Cry. And it, it gives you enough variation in between those button presses that you want to learn your moveset and you want to try and do different things. But from what I've seen with the Avengers, everybody has the same like four or five button combos. Mm-hmm. So even though I may be playing the Hulk, he feels like Captain America or he feels like Miss Marvel when the real only variation to me seems to come into what the special abilities are. Hmm. And I don't I don't know if I'm if that's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I, I think I'm on the opposite side of that. Like, I felt like there was a a difference between the characters. Um, you know, Hulk Hulk definitely felt like Hulk. You know, he was big. He uh, he did more damage and like less amount of hits. So because of that, he moved and attacked a lot slower. Mm-hmm. But then when he moved to someone like Black Widow, who was like quicker, who had like counters and stuff like that, like it's it there was it was a difference. I think it's. It's sort of like when you look at games like Destiny, so games of a service game like Destiny, where uh, you have your hunters, warlocks, and titans, mm-hmm. uh, but essentially you're still playing as like the same character. So maybe, like, I guess I could agree with you along the lines of that, uh, where like those special moves and everything are different. But mm-hmm. I, 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 I can see where the expectation of polish for like movement. And just like with overall mechanics of the game where like I would expect more just because of, hey, this is Marvel. Hey, this is Square Enix. Hey, this is like supposed to be a next gen game, uh, which, you know, we'll get we'll, we'll be getting that upgrade uh, right. once these new systems come out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's like there's I feel like there's something missing. I feel like it's missing because, you know, they use the same um, engine from uh, Tomb Raider. This is like the, this is the Tomb Raider engine. So right. I'm guessing maybe that's what's affecting it. That's why, like, I would have loved for this to be like, you know, cell shaded or yeah, um, something different. I feel like the like, realistic look doesn't really work. Yes, either. that's that's where I was at um, the la- on the last episode when I was talking about this game. Like, it's something like the graphical fidelity is good. It's the art style that I feel like doesn't really work for this game. Everything has like this mm-hmm. metallic, silver-ish sort of look. And so when you're actually executing these attacks, it's, sometimes it's hard to tell like what is happening. Like it's very mm-hmm. easy to get lost in what's going on. Yeah, like, you might actually be doing something very cool, but I mean, if you have like three other companions by your side, it's very difficult to figure out who's getting hit with what. And the feedback's not super great. 
um, you know, like on on hit detection and things like that. So, uh, yeah, combat is it can be kind of iffy. I, I I feel like me personally, I'm I'm half and half on that. So that the the negatives of the combat are, I think, everything I just mentioned. Um, the positives are, I think, that there are some variations on like what you can do and sort of like what I mentioned before about how, you know, the game sort of binds everybody's attacks to the same sort of buttons. Like square is light for everyone. Triangle is heavy for everyone, things like that. Um, And I think R2, at least on a PlayStation is like, it's it's like someone, everyone's special or something like that. Um, But everybody, but all of those, they're different technically like the specials are all different from each other so even though you like the combo strings are technically the same from character to character like how the characters are actually executing that is different um and i do believe that now in a game like this it's kind of unfortunate because like james i do agree with you like that combat can feel very samey um but i also think that some of it is because they don't give you a lot on the tree like in the beta when we first started and Mm -hmm. if you open up the skill tree like there are a ton of different options now but we don't really like we the players don't really know at this point like how varied that that gets at this point um there are a lot of press like playing this game right now and i'm hearing a lot of positive things like which i'm surprised about like there are a number of people saying like this game is actually pretty varied in terms of the combat and the story is actually like really really good so i wonder i'm starting to wonder if the beta just was unfortunately kind of placed like what it did and that's and that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking it was just a bad representation of the game because of how they decided to show everything off right um so i feel like with this game especially with like what uh the press is saying right now like I feel like if you liked the game in like some form or fashion, you may like the full game. Right. Right. Like that's kind of how it feels to me. How like that being said, like James, your gut reaction is pretty much how I feel like right now about the game. Like I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think you're wrong. Like I'm probably I probably side with you um like in terms of how I feel about it um, just yeah. from the outset, even though I am hearing like a lot of these positive things and that's good. That's cool. Like I, I would like the game to be like really good. That'd be awesome. Um, but uh, having kind of played through some of that, at least like what I got my hands on, it definitely is like your statement at the beginning to me is spot on, which is like, you know, I, I didn't expect this type of game um, for with this IP and that type of game being a games as a service uh, experience um you know i'm not super interested in doing that whole grind like destiny division sort of thing um and i and i and i won't like even if i get the game like i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna do my little like story thing play a few missions a few times with some friends and then probably be done after like 30 hours and and be satisfied with that like i don't mm-hmm. anticipate like they want you the whole purpose of that business model is to get you to play in perpetuity but like I'm, I'm not going to because I'm. We're tired of the hamster wheel. Um, you know when I say that, oh, I mean yes, Lord. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, Chris and I have talked like extensively <laughs> early on in this show's life about like fuck that hamster wheel. Um, and we're just not yeah. doing that anymore. And James, you may feel the same as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with this game, and I'm, I'm really 
I was really interested in to, just to hear what you had to say about your time with the Avengers. Yeah. I mean, I guess lukewarm is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably still going to try it out. I'm a sucker for superheroes. Right. Can't help it. Mm-hmm. You So you got me. Damn it. But like, <laughs> I'm not going to like it. Or if I, if I don't like it, don't be surprised. <laughs> right, right, right. Huh. Maybe Spider Man. I don't think I'm, I'm heading. I'm heading into this game a little bit more positive. Okay. Uh, especially, I think what it is though. I think it was. I was able to play uh, some of this with a friend. Uh, shout out to Rick. Um, we played a little bit, and you know he he had fun. But I feel like he like you know he brought up a good point that when it comes to superhero games like this, like we we really don't have games like that anymore. Like it's you know it's been a minute since we've had like an actual like superhero game. I mean, of course, I mean Spider Man -Man was out like a little while ago, but like a game like this where it's like multiple heroes, different heroes, like to design a game where you have so many different types of heroes, but then to like figure out how to get them to you know map all of their moves and how they move to like a certain like play style, like it's. You know, kudos to kudos to them for at least you know trying to get that right. Um, you know, I did agree with you with like how I sort of felt like it was a little off. Um, it doesn't really, it wasn't as fluid as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that also falls into uh, just being on a base PS4. So um, you know, the people that are playing on a PS4 Pro have had like they had like a smoother experience. Um, and of course, like you know, PC. Like I, I, I mean, I, I heard that like, the PC, like uh, if you had like a you know a really good like or a decent rig, it should run fine for you. So uh, at the same time, I'm not going to be playing this on the PC. I'm going to be playing this on the PS4 because fuck Sony and their <laughs> exclusivity deals. I want to play a Spider Man. There uh, you go. Or, you know, that's that. Spider Verse baby. Stuck on Sony. I'm stuck on on PlayStation for this game. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 cool. It's something that you know is going to scratch that itch. It was going to scratch multiple itches for me. It's going to scratch the games as a service, like the Destiny type stuff for me. But then also um, just a superhero game. Yeah, mm. that's, that's fair. fair. Exactly. I mean, you're right. It's good the, to hear the, the story is decent. I saw. I was really curious about because I'm. I wasn't feeling that initially. I don't know if I'm just kind of over like the, oh, I'm a super fish out of water fan. Look at me be a fan for like however long she's going to do this. <laughs> but we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's it's apparently it's better like in the actual game. Um, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, it, it, and that's also just Kamala Khan. Like she's just that's that's a lot of what she is in the comics. But I mean, in the comics, she's very mm-hmm. it's also very endearing as well. Like she's a great character. And honestly, she is part of the reason, a big part of the reason why I'm interested in this game in the first place. Uh, Miss Marvel has never had like a really any representation outside of the comics. Um, and she's a relatively new comics character. So I'm, I was super excited. Um, I mean, my favorite MC, I would say mcu hero not marvel hero in general but like my favorite mcu hero is definitely cap so like i'm i'm hyped to play him and and kamala khan like by far uh and like those are the two that i would be looking to to play so far i was like satisfied with her portrayal Mm -hmm. um and the little bit that we saw of cap so yeah like i'm 
yeah, I'm so fucking torn on this thing. Like, <laughs> like I, I do kind of, I'm interested, especially with all the high praise now uh, that it's getting. But at the same time, I, I, I think it helps to kind of set your expectations going in. Uh, that, that, yeah, like, definitely. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's, that's the one thing that I sort of appreciate the beta for was to sort of temper any expectations that people had for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're sort of getting you're getting what you what you see. Yeah. So, uh, but then at the same time, the beta didn't give us a give us the, the um, move the move list like the move set. Like we we were we were so like limited on like what abilities we could have. So that's that's what I'm hoping that the game sort of opens up. And then of course, this being games as a service, what's the end game going to look like? What's DLC going to look like? What's mm-hmm. the lifespan of this game? What is that going to look like? Right. Are we getting Black Panther? As a DLC character, we better fucking like that. Better be he better be free. Yeah, like that. The, well, they're all free. To be fair, right? They're all free. wait. Are they? Yeah, they're all free. Yeah. So the only thing that costs oh. is the battle pass, but the battle pass is just cosmetics, right? So extra costumes and stuff. Oh, like so that's that. like this, so people were saying like, oh, this thing is just uh, you know this uh, microtransaction stuff's disgusting. Like, yeah, I can care less. You know, gut wrench like, reactions. Yeah, and another I mean, cool uh, thing course, I went to. Oh, one thing I learned about that is, is if you finish a battle pass, you get credit towards another one. Okay. Yeah. That's and cool. and they don't um they don't expire either. You can just have your pass and you play it as long as you want to play that character instead of having to worry about doing it within a season. Right. The and all the cosmetic stuff too is like I believe it's obtainable in game, so you just you can grind for it or you pay for it. It's not like a Call of Duty like war zone situation where you have to pay for certain characters, like certain operators that you want to actually play as you have to spend real money, I think for that stuff. Um, but th- this is, you can totally grind for that. It's like an overwatch situation where like everything okay. you can, like you want, you can get the, what I'm hearing is that most of the good skins are like the ones that have microtransactions behind them. Um, so you'll probably be grinding for those rather than like, some of the lesser ones that you kind of just earn naturally uh but yeah as far as the dlc goes uh, james is right like it's all free that's regions characters missions like any of that stuff and we know that i think black panther was planned um we do have confirmation about kate bishop and and hawkeye uh so uh, kate bishop if you don't know is like uh, the basically the new hawkeye or a different hawkeye uh so yeah, those are the two that we know about for sure. And Spider-Man, of course. But yeah. I find it weird they confirmed two archers back to back. Yeah, yeah. They just yeah. Re- they just released the trailer for Kate, uh, I want to say yesterday at the time of this recording. So I think mm-hmm. Tuesday or something. Um, but yeah, they're trying to do Black Panther eventually. And there was one other one that they confirmed or teased, but I don't remember who it was at this time. I think it was like a, a data leak or data mine or something like i remember that. hearing about that yeah i think she hulk was one of them so it's almost seems like they're gonna do kind of like you know palette swaps of like certain heroes so like they'll they'll tweak like characters that we are aware of right now um kind of like you know hulk and she hulk things like that and i'm sure she hulk won't be the exact same but she may have like similar attributes so with i need that she hulk drop kick from mvc3 yes <laughs> i need that god it was so good it is pretty good yeah i forgot all about it it's pretty good mm. 
Maybe that's what they were pointing because Modok is in that game, She Hulk was in that game, Hawkeye is in that game. Right. Yeah. Avengers Doctor just, Strange. He just morphs into Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange would be cool. Yeah. 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 That, that would be good. Yeah, for sure. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I think, feel like uh, I, mm, I'm, I'm still gonna get it. Um, why am I lying? Why am I lying to myself? I know. <laughs> I know, I know right. That's <laughs> the worst part. This is gonna, this is gonna happen, and I'll let y'all know next week what I think about it. Sounds good. But uh, besides the beta of Avengers, I played a little bit of a game called Torchlight Two. Nice. Roddy, Roddy shouted this out to me being on sale on the Switch, and so um, decided to pick that up. And Torchlight Two is uh, if you're familiar with the game called Diablo, very similar to that style of game. Uh, so kind of like a, a, a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, build out your character with their certain skill points and kind of specialize in how you want to uh like how you want to build your berserker or your warrior that sort of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah very very cool game so far I'll, I'll talk about this a little with you as well I'm, I'm curious to hear your reaction um i mean it feels like diablo and that's not a bad thing to me uh besides the fact that i played diablo before i was just kind of curious to see like what the move sets are, because that's really what sells these kind of games for me. Right. It's figuring out like what abilities should I be building on my character? Um, not so much even about grinding for the loot, but just to find that uh find that perfect recipe of knowing like, okay, I should be ulting here, I should be buffing here, I should be just dashing and moving around here and trying to see how quickly you can clear out those those dungeons. Mm-hmm. That's where the main appeal lies for me in this and playing with friends. So seeing as how I wasn't really able to do that, because most of my time I've been playing, I was not near Wi-Fi. Um, I haven't really gotten to get too deep into the game, but from what I have played, I had fun. I'm actually playing the Berserker you see now. That's not my Berserker, but that's the same kind of class I'm playing. Mm, okay. So that's super useful mm-hmm. to, to tell Clates. Um, I enjoy getting up close. I typically play more of a ranged character, so this is different for me. Mm-hmm. Like in Diablo, I was a mage first and foremost, pretty much every chance I got or a uh, witch doctor, which is more like letting the minions fight for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing I want to really, I haven't gotten into too much, but I want to see where it goes is the pet feature. So maybe you could expand on that bit more for me. Yeah, absolutely. The pet stuff is really cool. So uh, it, what you have is you can choose from a variety of pets. I actually have no idea if like the sort of pet that you pick uh, actually has damage attributes or like, you know, if it varies. Because for, for example... My pet is a rhinoceros named uh, Chloe, and she's awesome. She's nice. she's she's purple. Uh, it's she's great. Uh, <laughs> she compliments my uh, my bulky engineer. So I made an engineer lady, and she's pretty badass. If I do say so myself, her name is Skylar. She's cool. Um, but the the pet you could do like cats and with hawks and dogs. I got a honey badger. Oh, do you really? Okay. Yeah. Nice. nice. I had to. You have to. Um, the the pets attack with you. You can set like their behavior so they can be more defensive, passive, or um, or offensive. And they also the really cool thing is that like you can actually attach spells to them, like certain spells. So like for example, my uh, so Chloe she can actually like summon skeletons uh, around us in battle, and like that's just a thing that happens. It's a passive ability. So like every time I'm in battle. 
uh, we have a third party member um, with us, which is awesome. And um, the also really cool feature is that you can send your pet to town with a shopping list. And so, for example, if you're like down on health potions, you can say, okay, give me five health potions. I need three manas, uh, maybe some identify scrolls if you have some gear that needs identifying um you know you could send them to town for anything i don't know if you could do gear but certain things like uh like potions are good and you can also sell items at any time so typically you can only sell if you're at a vendor but if you just pretty much treat your pet like a uh, <laughs> a pack mule uh, you can just load them up with items and send them to town to sell all at once and there's a cooldown for it it's like a minute or two minutes something like that not too too long uh, but yeah it's super useful and a really neat system I, I was pretty impressed with how kind of deep you could take that pet system for sure hmm what does some i was gonna say it looks it looks interesting the thing is it it, it looks like it's diablo right yeah no it is it is straight up diablo and there's nothing wrong with that like diablo is yeah i didn't know that so right now i'm and i'm looking forward to playing with you guys like i really want to play with with you two um i did start a, a character with uh with someone else i know and we're kind of playing a little bit together and and you know going through a co-op it's just i didn't know it was a an itch i had until like i started playing it and i was like oh this is really fun it's like nice to kind of just sit back relax be social um with people and like just kind of play this game that's kind of what this is and it's mm -hmm. it's great it's very breezy um like you say it, it is very much diablo you go get quest markers maybe not read half of it and then you just go to the marker and just you know mash out attacks and spells um but like james said the bread and butter is kind of like in all of the different attacks that you can do like the special abilities that your class has and each class is vastly different than the others so like um james you're playing a berserker right you said right um, yeah vastly different than my engineer berserkers are very quick fast in your face like bruisers and engineers are more tanky very slow but uh, which is not my typical class uh but the friend i was playing with chose the class i was going to go which was outlander a kind of a all-around range sort of deal um but the engineer is very much a tank and you but you hit like a fucking mac truck like it's great uh, it feels very good very powerful you get the very first ability you get on one of your trees is like i think hammer strike or something and it like inflames the ground around you it's like an aoe kind of like an area of effect uh and yeah it's great i love it this game is really awesome and we should all play soon together i'm down chris you in i am but y'all y'all are my, my situation <laughs> um that's I'm, you I'm got a lot going on <laughs> yeah i got a lot going on <laughs> that's like i it's it's yeah like it's I have to ration out my time a lot now but like it's it's, it's something that I do want to play with you guys because I bought it too I bought it you know because uh, it was is it still on sale or is it off sale I think already? it's off sale now okay yeah it's something I've been eyeing for a minute and I've heard good things about it so mm -hmm. at, at some at some point when the stars align we'll be able to play nice okay we need to like set aside like a game night to do these type of things yes maybe yeah. kind of cool. we'll figure it out though all in due time. But uh, I mean, other than that, I also got to spend a little bit of time with a little game called Wasteland 3. Oh, man, I'm so jealous. I want to play this so bad. Well, Rowdy, if you had Games Pass, you could. Oh, you're right. 
It's on Game mm. Pass. It's great. It is. Um, and Wasteland 3 is also like a top-down isometric game, except this one is much more of an RPG. Um, some would say this is actually a spiritual predecessor to Fallout, mm. based on the fact that you you go in and it's the most classic RPG that you can think of. You make your build, your attributes, your skills, your quirks, and that sort of thing. And so you um you start out in I believe it's Colorado, and you have you were a part of this ranger group, and you get ambushed, and your squad gets wiped out basically. Um, and so when you pick up, you get to create two characters. And so for mine, I always like to have some type of charismatic leader in the group, just makes things a lot more fun, dialogue choices and that sort of thing. So I have made a, a talker who's more like a gunslinger and the way that they make these less combat centric skills, uh, play out in combat is really useful. Like this one gives an increased range to your, your hit chance for your group. And so these things are all based around dice rolls and stuff. So any chance you get to increase your percentage of hit is going to make your party better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can spec in all different types of uh, of skills. So you can do heavy weapons, you can do blunt weapons, you can do brawling, uh, explosives, weird science, um, long guns, automatic weapons, all your basic trappings of a Fallout game, if you played any of the Fallout games, 3D or 2D, as it were. Um, and you can spec into weird things like toaster repair, which allows you to fix toasters throughout the world, which holds basically their special chests. They hold different types of gear and different types of loot. But once you get out of the wasteland, um, once you get out of character creation, you get to go into the wasteland. That's really where a lot of the game opens up. Combat takes place in an XCOM style. So you get that grid-based combat. Everybody has action points. Um, You can only have a certain amount of moves per turn. Um, Moving takes actions. Shots take actions. Buffs takes action points. All those kind of things. Mm Mm-hmm. And then once you get outside of combat, you get to go through different dialogue trees of dealing with people. And when they say your choices are open-ended, they mean it. Yeah, yeah. I've, I dabbled in Wasteland 2, and that was the thing that struck me in that game was that, like, how much, like, how choice-oriented it was. Uh, you you truly do feel maybe like a disco Elysium in some ways, um, mm-hmm. just because, like, you know, you're able to do so much. And each playthrough may feel differently, you know, depending on how you how you play. So, yeah, it, I, I assume from everything you're saying, Wasteland 3 pretty much goes that same route. Yeah, very much in that same vein. And I really am starting to appreciate games that do this smaller scope but deeper mechanics approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to trying to fill out an entire world, this all takes place in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so that enables the factions to feel a lot more intertwined and have your actions actually reverberate a lot easier throughout the playthrough. Because that reputation you have follows you wherever you go. Um, everybody has their own feelings about every NPC has their own feelings about uh, other NPCs. Mm-hmm. So one, one faction will tell you, I want this guy killed. Other faction will say, I want this guy alive. And the third faction is like, I just want you to get him to me wherever. And however you go about handling that, it'll affect all three different factions differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it enables you to lock yourself out of options or lock yourself into certain things or cut off quest lines completely and the game will still continue. Mm-hmm. 
So it doesn't seem like there's like a hard way to lose per se. It's just that your your destination is determined by the journey. Right, right. Yeah, that's oh, it's so good. This game looks fucking awesome. Like I, I really can't wait to play this. You said you're playing this on PC right now? Yeah, I'm playing on PC right now. Oh, it is okay. also available on Xbox, I believe. It is Xbox and PS4. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, I just feel like with these type of games, mouse and keyboard just works a bit easier. Yeah. As far as setting out my routes and stuff like that. How are you? So you've talked a little bit about the choices. Tell me a little bit about like how you feel about the narrative right now. Like, is it? I mean, I've enjoyed the bit that I played from Wasteland Two. I mm-hmm. assume that it's just as compelling here. Honestly, yeah. I think one of the one of the strong suits in this game is that it gives like in a lot of these RPGs, you get like info dumps mm-hmm. and you feel like you spend most of the time reading the game. Mm-hmm. Everything in this game is voice acted and it's still like concise and to the point at the same time while establishing the lore and filling you in on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's really good at keeping you engaged in the story. Because uh, the voice acting is actually pretty incredible. Just the, the variety of voices and dialects and styles like that. So right. I'm I'm interested to see like who else I can run into and what else goes on in this story. Nice. Yeah. Because right is now it, uh, it's just about rebuilding my squad. But did you say something about it being uh voice acted? Fully. Yes. Fully. Fully voice acted. Mm, I love that. You can choose your um your own character style voices, and they give you like five or six different styles and then of course one masculine one feminine voice mm-hmm. to go on top of those mm-hmm. so you can you can play as like the cold-blooded ice killer or you can play as like a joker holly quinn type of next nothing seriously or the stoic who is really about giving commands so it allows you to like put your character into that world and it's a lot of fun um and the thing is the stakes aren't stupid high that's another thing I like. Mm-hmm. It feels more intimate because it's like, I'm just trying to help out this section of the world. Everything's screwed as far as I know. Right, right. So but we're just trying to get by the best we can. Right, yeah. Yeah, there's, you're right. There is value in that type of narrative. It's not like it has to be some world-ending event that you're trying to stop, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, at this point, it's over. Like, the, right. the world has ended. <laughs> right. <laughs> is there, quick question, is there um, permadeath? I think you can give permadeath. It's not initially, but I'm sure like with the difficulty options, it's there. Yeah, I think. And another cool thing I realized about this game is that it's co-op all the way through and you don't have to stay together. That I didn't know. Yeah. So you could play this game co-op and you can just go off and do your own thing messing with faction A while I'm over here messing with faction B. And how we interact with those will determine what happens in the rest of the narrative. But we don't have to stick together. We don't have to play together. We just exist in the same world together. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that actually works. I haven't gotten to try that yet, but it's a cool feature. So far, I'm really enjoying it. It's not usually my uh, my type of game, but I guess this is the more I play things, the more I'm like trying to expand out. Is this, this, this is a fun, fun first step to see where, where Fallout came from, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a better appreciation it, it, of the series. It's fun to see 
to see you branch out and play other th- I mean you've always been like you know as long as I've known you you've always I, I would never say that you were like a you know close-minded gamer or anything like that like you've always been you always played a bunch of shit um mm-hmm. but it's cool to like see you play a bunch of these like I guess smaller titles in some ways um or titles that you just haven't you know delved super deep into and to kind of hear your impressions of that that's that's pretty cool yeah I'm like left for a smaller title and for like what I'm seeing as far as scope is, it's weird. There's not been more promo for this game. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple of YouTube ads, but that's it. Like this game kind of dropped out of nowhere, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. It just showed up one day. Everybody was my YouTube feed was mentioned in a lot, so I just figured I'd give it a shot, and I'm really enjoying it. Nice. I hope it does well. I, and, say, and I want to play it. Who um who uh, developed this? Boots uh, is Deep Silver. Or published okay. it, I should say. Um, who developed it? Wasteland, dude. Give me one second. I'll find out for you. Yeah, because games like this, I feel like uh, there's definitely fan bases out there yeah. that mm-hmm. will play these games. It's just that, you know, they don't see it. Yeah. Like, Waste- this is- Wasteland 1, I did not hear about. Wasteland 2 was the one I was like, oh, okay. I It got a little bit more buzz, and I played a bit of it. Um, but it was still pretty underground. Uh, mm-hmm. at least to me. Um, and this third one though has like had the most reception, but even then it still felt kind of muted. So I hope it does really well. It's game looks awesome. I'm definitely going to play it. I think it, I think it will. And this is developed by in exile, by the way, mm, okay. okay, the same people that did, um, a bard's tale yeah. and mm-hmm. the wasteland Two actually. Mm-hmm. And they remastered the original game. So, they seem to have a pretty good point of what they're doing. Oh, and they have a, a VR game here called Frostpoint. I yeah, I know about Frostpoint. Yeah, okay, Wait, is so that on Quest? It's not on Quest. Uh, ah, Steam, PS4. Oh wait, no, did I read that wrong? Did he read that wrong? I don't know where it is. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing this week. Uh, Roddy. Oh, it looks. Yeah, I had I had a little fun with it. Oh, yeah. but Roddy, what you uh? What you been playing, man? I have been playing uh, quite a bit, actually. So um, I finished Doom Eternal. Uh, it took, mm-hmm. took a few weeks, but I finally got through that game. Um, and I, I largely have, you know, a similar opinion, kind of like with you, you and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, you know, not much has really changed in that respect. But I do think it's worth mentioning because, um, yeah, I mean, I ended the game really liking it you know i think this game is 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 pretty good and it does some things that are better than doom 2016 and some things Mm. that i don't think are better in that respect uh so i complained about the platforming before it does seem to get a little bit less in the back half like less platforming uh type of things happen during that section um, but it's still relatively consistent and they never really drop it completely. I do appreciate though that they tried something different. So, um, and it's not something I absolutely, I just absolutely thought they failed at. I just, it just didn't work for me all the way. Um, and just the, the whole tone of the game is completely different. It is very much taking itself much more seriously in a way that Doom 2016 was very tongue in cheek. Um, mm-hmm. so that is, that is certainly a change, but, but I do think it is worth playing. Um, it is probably going to be one of the better games of this year and one that we'll probably revisit whenever we do game of the year stuff. Um, I think it is worth 
at least being in the discussion because I do think that the highs are really fucking high. Um, and there are some really fantastic fights. And I do love that, that, you know, Bethesda, they really made sure that, that this, this game, it did feel different in the terms of how you deal with combat. It is inherently different. You have to be more mindful of uh, enemy weaknesses and you, you have to literally use every single tool at your disposal. It just forces you to do that. Um, so I, I did appreciate that for sure. And Mick Gordon, man, just a stellar soundtrack from beginning to end. Like it just, there's no bad track in this thing at all. Uh, it's a, it's a, goddamn shame uh what what happened there and and yeah. I, th- I think the dlc is going to probably suffer for not having his music in there uh because what he brings to that franchise the first two games is just like i think irreplaceable um you just can't it's just not i don't know if it's going to really feel like doom without him so i don't know hopefully they work something out or something but but yeah, um, so yeah, just, just a game that that I really liked a lot, and I've talked about extensively at this point. Um, so I won't I won't hold you guys up with that too much, but worth mentioning, and we will likely discuss it later this year. Um, the next game that I picked up was actually in a sale. Uh, so Annapurna uh, is a fantastic publisher. They've you know they publish uh, Gris. Uh, they published Outer Wilds. Uh, to me, they just can't fucking miss. Like they just keep doing hit after hit after hit after hit. Um, and so they had a they had a sale on the Switch, um, and I picked up a couple games. I picked up Kentucky Route Zero, which I have not played yet, but I plan on doing that uh, soon. Uh, and the other another game, what I pl- I picked up called Ashen, which I wanted to play for a while. And Ashen is a game that is a Dark Souls like, uh, and probably the <laughs> the most literal sense of that word. It is Dark Souls all the way, except for art style and um, I would say accessibility. Those are the two major differences. And so when I say Dark Souls like, I mean you know you got your weak attack on R uh, or on your first bumper, your first trigger, and then your heavy attack on. The other trigger, you heal with like one of your face buttons, things like that. Um, you, it's very much stamina based combat. So you're kind of rolling and like running, and all of that consumes stamina, even down to the attacks. So it is that game. It is very much a Souls ass game. So uh, I was really. I don't know into that for some. Reason. I was like very much in that mood, and I, also the art style is very interesting. It's it's like none of the characters have like faces, but they have like outlines. It sounds really creepy, and I guess it kind of is. But like it's it's very much it's not de- super detailed. It's it's interesting if you, you have to kind of like see it in motion. Uh, if you're listening audio only, uh, go and watch a video of it. Um, it's it makes everything like really dark. So the narrative idea of the game is like the world is literally covered in darkness uh there is a blast of light that actually uh brighten literally brightens the world and you have to like i guess go find i'm really early in but you have to go find more of this to like kind of um not add more color but just add more light because everything is like super gray um but yeah you're fighting kind of like other people you're fighting uh you know insects like big spiders things like that very much dark souls-esque enemies um you always have a companion that is also very different from dark souls dark souls you can co-op you can summon people 
um, your friends or random players, but it's not really a, a requirement or anything like that. In Ashen, you absolutely have partners with you at all times. If you can have a uh, random like actual people or you have an ai companion if you don't have an actual person in your in your game um so that kind of helps it's fun to kind of roll around the world with somebody it makes things feel a little bit less challenging also there's a map there's a big map with waypoints and quest markers so that's also different from souls souls you very much have to kind of like find your own way i mean there are like you memorized everything yeah well i mean You, you, Chris, you're shaking your head like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't, I mean, you, I wouldn't say you have to memorize, you have to memorize patterns in Dark Souls more than anything else, more than you have to memorize the map. Like you, there's a general direction that you can go in, in those games. Uh, but in Ashen, you, you do literally have a map. Um, so it's impossible to get lost. You also have quest markers. That's not really Souls-esque either. So though it, it, the game differs in some ways. I'm pretty early in, uh, but also just very, very excited about like kind of playing more of this um, and, and seeing where it takes me. Like I think this game is really neat so far. So I'll definitely be revisiting this at some point. Have you guys heard of this game, by the way? I've seen it many times in like the uh I've seen the game it on pass Bill, list. Mm. I think a couple times. Okay. Um I don't know, I've just I nothing's like sort of like stuck out mm-hmm. for me to like look at it. Yeah. But I mean it, it sounds like if you like soul stuff, which is like the stamina based gameplay. Right. Mm-hmm. It sounds like something that you'd like. Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It, it is I mean it is it is absolutely Chris is like I'm not into this shit. Um, um yeah, it is very much that game. If you don't like Souls, I don't think this is gonna change your mind. I do I would recommend though, like to check it out if you're if you think you might be interested, if you've if you really if you find the difficult, the quote unquote difficulty, because I don't find Souls games to be all that hard. I think it's just you have to get used you have to kind of give yourself to the game and like adjust to what it's asking of you and then i think you're okay especially if you summon like if you summon other people it's it's doable um but this game i think streamlines everything so if you are not like if you're like oh my god souls is too hard try ashen um there's a lot of things that that it does to streamline that experience for you and to make it less uh or to make it more accessible so yeah and i'm not saying it's an easy mode type of game um by any means but some people find dark souls to be impenetrable and i think ashen does a great job of making sure that it's actually not um so yeah i'll be talking about that as well later on next game i wanted to mention briefly is actually dead cells so dead cells is a game have you guys played dead cells before I can get I can get behind that yes. one. I like Dead Cells. We can <laughs> yeah. do Dead Cells. Dead Cells is nice. Yeah, I this is the first time I'm playing Dead Cells. I picked that up uh during a sale last week. And um I'm a little bit upset it took me this long to play Dead Cells. Like what what was I doing for two years? Um It's like on everything now, also. Yeah, it is. I, I picked it up on Switch. Um I thought it that was a like a great console to pick it up for. So probably the perfect one. So very much pick up a play game. Dead Cells is a roguelike. Um, where you basically are dropped into this dungeon, uh, this this huge castle-ish area, um, and you have to go through procedurally generated rooms and cut through enemies until you get to the end. Um, I usually make it to about... I, I've played about a couple hours of this, a few hours, two, three, 
maybe a little bit more. Um, I get to about level five or like the fifth area and I usually hit a wall and die immediately. Um, but the game is so goddamn fun that I don't even care. Like it's, I, it, death does not, it does not harm me at all. Um, it is, it does something that a, a good roguelike does and it doesn't make death feel overly punishing. It doesn't, you don't die and you're immediately like, oh God, I have to start over. You no, know, you're just like, okay, well, you know, I, it sucks. I lost my cells. I lost my blueprints, but like, you know, I, I gained, you know, some permanent runes or something like that. Um, to provide some context for that, like as you're going through these areas, like you get these blueprints, blueprints are actually weapons that you can attain. So anytime you kill enemies, uh, there's a chance that what's called cells will drop from them. And they're a sort of currency that you can use to obtain different items um, that you can actually get permanently. So it, there is a room that you encounter at the very beginning of each playthrough where you can actually see all of the items that you have actually acquired. So, you know, for example, there is one, there's a, uh, an item where you can like use a health flask. Like you can recover your health at some point in the game. You go through, you gain that. And then even if you die, you still retain that ability. So that's nice. There's a lot of things like that in this game that make it cool. Um, even some mini speed run options. So at the end of every stage in the beginning of the uh, before the beginning of the next one there's like a mini room like a rest stop essentially where you can go re uh, recharge your health and your um like all of that good stuff and even like put on what's called mutations which kind of change how the how certain stats are doled out so like you might get saved from death one time or during your run or you might get you know 0.5% more of a crit chance or something like that, something to modify your your run, your current run. Um, but there are also doors you can open that offer extra cells um, or money if you, say, complete the previous room in, like, two minutes or, like, kill 60 enemies without getting hit, things like that. So it definitely encourages a lot of ways to play. You get a multitude of different weapons, swords, whips, shields, um, daggers, bows and arrows. Like, it's just extensive what you can do in the gameplay i think there's two things that stick out to me that make dead cell special um one of which is the humor i was not expecting the game to be funny but it's actually super fucking funny um it frequently breaks the fourth wall um and just i think even if it doesn't do meta shit it's like still a really humorous game in what you would think is a very dark and dour sort of situation because like you're possessing like you the the player character is possessing like a dead body, like a corpse basically. And you're kind yeah, of running yeah. through like this area where like, you know, this prison, like you start every single area starts in the prison and like everything's dark and dead and just creepy. So, but it's still maintains a charm that I find endearing. Um, and the second thing I think dead cells does really well is just the moment to moment combat. It just feels mm -hmm. so satisfying. Like it's very, it, I haven't, played a 2d side scroller that's been this satisfying at least to me since like maybe katana zero um just in terms of how re responsive it is um you have like a a down slam that you can do that's super great it feels awesome the feedback on it's amazing um and no matter the weapon that you're using you have an excellent dodge roll to kind of get you behind enemies maybe do crit on them as well uh yeah it's great and then once you start just learning the enemies patterns you could just 
deal with them in specific ways that I found very satisfying, honestly. So yeah, definitely big shout out to Dead Cells. I'm assuming you guys are fans as well. Yeah, I'm thinking back. I was like, I'm honestly surprised I haven't talked about this game on the show because this is this is like that. This is the the uh, Dark Souls game, the Dark Souls like game that I've never like talked about because I don't know. Like I I, I li- actually like this. I like how like you said the moment to moment is it's simple. So like I, if I die, I don't feel like I've been cheated out of a death. I'm like okay. Right. I fucked up because like I didn't roll correctly or I was too mm, I guess too like uh too aggressive. So um and I also like they give you like a pretty decent like amount of weapons you could pick up and all the weapons play differently. Yes. Absolutely. They all have different properties. Every single one that you pick up um are going to react to enemies differently. So for example, you have like a you have a main weapon slot in both of your hands so you can do like a that's that's fair so subject in the chat said that it's not dark souls like that's fair because there isn't like stamina or anything like that right so i think it's more mm-hmm. or less people compared it to because of like the difficulty yeah. and like I think the, the it's a it's a, i think the, this is more of like a roguelike right it's a roguelike right. it's a roguelike game but yeah. i think it is dark souls-esque in terms of the atmosphere like it is very um much a sort of um european-ish medieval type of thing like i mean like i said you're kind of opening up in prisoners quarters and like every you're dealing with mm-hmm. like uh you know uh, the peasants and and you know ramparts like it's very much like that sort of dark medieval fantasy that mm. dark souls is um so if people say it like that i would say it's probably more atmosphere than it is gameplay gameplay it's absolutely a roguelike uh not necessarily mm-hmm. like dark souls in that sense but um as far as the weaponry goes like you said chris like I just love the variety. You know, you get two tools yeah. and you get two like main weapons that you could do DPS with. Um, and you're constantly leveling up. I think that's another reason why the game is really good is because there's a constant ramp up to how much damage you're doing. So if you're you're rewarded by how much you explore the map, because the more you explore the map, then the more the higher the chance you are able to increase one of your skills, which in turn increases one of your um, like damage boosts or hp boosts that you can gain so it it very much you you get a fairly consistent gratification like when you go through that game so i i nice i love this game this game is fucking awesome um and i i can't say i wish more people played it because i think a lot of people did i think i'm the one that played (laughs) (laughs) so it, it seems pretty i'm late to the party on this uh but i'm i'm glad that i eventually you know, got my ass in gear and played it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to playing a bunch more runs and getting better at it. I know I have only seen like a quarter, not maybe not even of what this game has to offer. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely just looking forward to, to diving in on that. Yeah, this definitely seems like one I want to pick up on the switch. Cause I've played this on Xbox. Okay. Okay. But, but this is definitely one of those on the go kind of games that, that pick up and play mentality. Yeah kind of works a lot better than having to boot up a whole console yes absolutely absolutely so yeah all right and so the last game i want to talk about here you guys ever so it seems like once maybe maybe twice a year like this happens right like where like i i run across a game that like kind of 
reminds me like what games can be like the kind of like what they what they what they are um mm-hmm. we play a lot of bullshit uh on here <laughs> you know this is not mince words we put we play a lot of bullshit um damn ronnie <laughs> I, I feel like I feel, I feel like y'all are is, is that it i feel like y'all are talking about me are y'all talking about me <laughs> Of course not. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, but but you know, it's it's easy to get lost in that, and sometimes you just wonder, like, oh my god, like, why do I do this to myself sometimes? But like, mm. but but every now and then you come across a game where you it reframes that for you. Um, last year it was Outer Wilds for me. Um, that game is one of my favorite games. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait whoa, a whoa. minute, where, you, where, you, where are you going with right. this? I'm, I'm about to put it in the context. <laughs> I'm about to put it in the context. Now, I'm not saying that this game is as good as Outer Wilds because let's face mm-hmm. it, oh. not much is. Out of, out of, but, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There but, what are you about to, what are you about no, to no, say? No. But, but what I'm trying to say, and I, I don't want to hype it up too much because I'm not saying like the game I'm about to mention like has flaws, and I'll talk about that. But but it, it is a special game. It's a one-of-a-kind game. A lot of times we talk about games that are like something else, right? I mean, we just talked about mm-hmm. Dead Cells. And Dead Cells is it's an awesome game. I, I fucking love it. I just spent like f- 10, 15 minutes like, talking about why I love that game so much. Um, but if I wanted to compare it to something else, I could. I could say, oh, it's like Rogue Legacy. Or it's, you know... It kind of feels like Dark Souls in a t- in the sense of like the atmosphere, things like that. Like I can give you a reference point for like almost everything that I've talked about tonight. I can't do that for this next game. Um, mm. So the game that I'm talking about and the game that I played and I would say damn near binged on uh, for an entire like at least a quarter of the day was um, the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. And if you're thinking, wow, I've never heard of this game, I don't blame you. This game actually came out in 2018 on PC, on Steam specifically. It's made by one guy. His name is Yeo, I think. He is um, a Russian guy who really loves like the delinquent genre, like uh, the the teenage Japanese delinquent genre. Um, This game is like a multitude. So uh, there are a couple of things I could like kind of what. (laughs) I'm just watching this dude ground pound this guy, and it's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, I'm I'm looking, and I just see Yu Yu Hakusho instantly. Well, that's what I'm about. And I love it. That's what I'm about to say. So, like, it's it's kind of inspired, at least to me, by a few different things. Yu Yu Hakusho, which is an if you don't know, it's an anime, uh, shown an anime that came out in like the early '90s, late '80s, something like that. I think early '90s. Um, and it's about this kid who uh, becomes a spirit detective. Now, it's actually like the first few episodes of Yu Yu Hakusho. It's nothing like you know 90 of the other episodes it's just yeah it's mostly about like you know just use k the main character he's like a dick and he is like just he beats people up he gets into trouble he's bad in school like he's just a he's just a delinquent all around um but it that's kind of what he's a hooligan he's a hooligan he those damn hooligans um so he it it, it kind of reminds me of that. It's a little bit of River City Ransom. Um it's mm. also because in the terms of the gameplay, like kind of the the beat 'em up style. Uh and it actually is a lot of it reminds me a lot of Persona. And Persona being like how you have to manage your day. And I'll get into that in a minute. So I wanted to frame this game like this because 
this game is unlike anything I've ever played before. So you, and, and I say that in a good way and in a couple bad ways too, but overall, just I'll get this out of the way. I really like this game a lot. I ended up like really digging this. Um, and I think more people, well, I think you should consider checking it out. That's what I'll say. Um, I will also say that if you look this game up on Steam or if you look it up, I think on Switch, one of those places has this description to say about it. It it says that it is an existential game about like growing up or about high school or about juvenile delinquents or something like that. But the key word there is that it's like an existential game, an existential experience, right? So mm-hmm. meaning that like there's going to be a mul- uh, uh, multiple times where you're like pondering just the nature of like human existence. And then that sounds like a heavy topic for something like this. And and it it is. Um, this is a game that is totally about growing up. It's about it's about discovering when you're a kid that moment between high school and college when you start to realize like your friends have different goals, they have different ambitions, and maybe you start to lose some of those friends um, as you kind of live life because people grow apart. That's just something that happens in life. Um, and I've never really played a game that was that interested in really in a message like that. Um, you start this game as Ringo Ishikawa, and he is a as we've talked about uh, at this point before, he's a juvenile delinquent. He's in high school, his last year of high school. And he starts the game by like, he's on a brawl on this train with like four of his close friends. Um, And they all have different personalities. They all have different like storylines to follow in arcs. Um, And as soon as that ends, by the way, the soundtrack, if you're just curious, you're not going to be able to hear this right now. But it sounds like if you were on a chilled cow YouTube stream, chilled cow is the lo-fi beats to mm. chill and relax to or whatever. It's like all, it's like a that in in Nujibi's like pretty much the whole game. This fucking soundtrack is a goddamn banger. Like it's it's really good. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. That's what I needed. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even joking. Seriously. Like seriously. Go check out the soundtrack. It's I think it's on YouTube. I don't think he's Yeo's actually released it officially, but but people have like you know put it online um, on YouTube. So definitely check it out. Um, but but that's the game, and and there are so many like I'm I've, I'm still humming like certain tracks from the game. It's amazing, and it makes it makes the game since there are no voices. It's a it's a uh, you know it's a sprite based game, so no one is speaking. Um, or like with their voice. So the music has to carry a lot of that. And it does very effectively. So anyway, you start the game with a fight with your friends um, or your friends and yourself are fighting another gang on this train. And like you talk about it, you go home and the game sort of like kind of starts. And the game is literally you going to school and it's you keeping a, going to getting and keeping a job. It's working out. It's maybe getting into fights with other delinquents. The thing is that everything I'm talking about that you can do is totally optional. Not nothing in this game. So if you think Dark Souls has no direction, I th- I present this game to you. 
And they're in the beautiful fucking part of that. And I can totally understand where people say, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go because that's kind of what I had in the first 30 minutes. The game does not tell you, hey, go to class, dummy, or go to your job or anything like that. It doesn't tell you anything. In fact, you don't even mm. get the job to start. You just kind of have to do it. The game literally puts the, the controller in your hands and says, make this guy's life what you want. And there is a very intentional and meaningful decision behind that. And it really struck me when I got to the end of the game why it was that way. Um, and overall, the whole thing is very bittersweet. Uh, it's relatively emotional, um, which I was not necessarily expecting um and i just had a i personally had a really good time playing it now i cannot sit here and say you guys are going to really like this game or anyone listening who might be interested will really love it because there's a good chance that you might not this is not a traditional game in a sense of like you know that you are typically used to and i mean you not you guys literally but like just you as in the general population um Mm -hmm. it's just not it's not a game that i think is going to appeal to a lot of people but that's why i think it works so well is because the the thing that it's trying to do and say is so impactful um and has such a pointed message behind it that it just struck me at the end and i was like oh my god like i this shows you the power of like when video game stories are good which is not like a lot but it can happen like it's really fucking powerful and, and and it really is a medium that only that you can only kind of accomplish in a video game there's no way that this can be i guess you could do a movie maybe about this but it's not going to have you're not controlling ringo and you're not making the, the decisions and and choices and choosing to live his life the way that you want to because ultimately that experience is is part of what it's part of what the narrative's about and like partly like what the the game does not have multiple endings like and that might confuse you at the end you might go oh my god did i get like a good ending a bad ending like what is like what is happening no it's it's every no matter what i don't want to say more but it's it it, Mm. it's very pointed chris you look very amused right now I think mm, that was that was crazy though. I've had this game for a minute. Oh, you have it. You own it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I either I either own it on Switch or I own it on Steam. Okay. Or or both at this point. I don't even. I don't fucking know. But mm-hmm. it's 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 funny to you know hear that about this game because like I just looking at the previews, right. you sort of get that. All right, this is a beat 'em up. Right. All right, this is a uh, sort of like a life sim. But yes, to hear that, like there's like there's even more layers under that. That's what I'm excited about. So there are more layers. You just uh, it's just I can't prepare you for the game because if I do, then you're it's like the point is kind of lost. But there's yeah. a good chance. Yeah, that. There, there's a good chance that like you you could totally play this game in the next week and say, dude, Rod, I didn't. I did not. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I didn't get any of that from this game. Like, how how long how long did it take you to finish this game? Uh, my switch counter was like it said five hours or more, so that could be anywhere between five to ten hours. I it felt closer to ten, like a little bit under that. Um, mm-hmm. so I hate that they they give you that big ass window. Yeah, it's like increments like, of five, I think. Yeah, something like that. So it felt like I played it for not eight or nine hours. That's what it felt like. Um, 
I played it a bunch on like this past Sunday. I spent mm-hmm. like four hours just playing this game. Um, and, and it's very repetitive. It is very, it is very much a game where you will get up, you will maybe go to school, maybe go to class. Um, and, and the reason why, again, why I mentioned persona in the beginning is because persona is, is a game where you have to manage your time very wisely. Um, otherwise you can't do certain things you won't see certain events in the story um and this was a game where i saw a lot but i didn't see everything um because i did i took ringo in a certain path and i made him do certain things so like you know for example i got up on mondays wednesdays and fridays to go to class let me just give you a quick example you go to class class starts at 9 a.m then it if you there's two classes a day and it lasts from nine to eleven, the first class and the second class is like from eleven to two or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But you have a job you can get, and if you do the job, that job is Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, but it starts at noon to one. So that means that you can't go to your second class, which means that you have to find another way to f- like get your studying in for that subject if you choose not to go to work. And if you don't go to work, if you miss twice two shifts, then you get fired. Um, and then you don't have a way to make your four or 5,000 yen every, you know, every day you work because that would be like an easy 1,200 or no, uh, 12,000 yen that I could have in a week if I chose to do that. But I'm missing out on the subject, which means that my grade in chemistry or whatever it was, I think it was chemistry, um, my grade will suffer unless I study after hours. But if I study after hours, that means I have to cut like my workout routine, which means I don't get stronger. So if somebody mm. talks with me, then I might get, get screwed because I'm not strong enough because I didn't work out. But then it's like, okay, if I'm going to study all night, well, you can't do that because if you study all night, then your stamina doesn't increase. And then if you get caught in a fight, you're really fucked. So and if, you, and if you're fucked and you get knocked out, basically, then you actually have to rest for like 10 or 11 forced hours. Like you have to rest for a long time and miss like a whole day. Like I got into a fight in front of my apartment at like 8 a.m., and uh ended up losing ended up missing my entire class and pretty much my uh, almost my shift at work for the rest of the day pretty much um so yeah so the game is very much it it is micromanaged like that um and it's and again it's not very clear the game does not hold your hand at all if there was a less handholdy game this game is it (laughs) um you do not get your hand held and there's not a lot of information online there's no there's no official guide there's like a few scattered things you could read on like a few at a few websites about what you quote unquote do, but honestly, there's no right or wrong way to play this game. I can, I, I can see it now. I'm I'm at the beginning of uh, this game. Where the hell do I go? Honestly, go to school. You go to school. You bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is kind of like that. Like you run into people who tell you bits of information, and that you just have to figure out what you do with it. Like if you meet the judo instructor, and he's like, "Hey," or the karate instructor, he's like, "Come to the gym at whatever o'clock or whatever." Like you know, then you have to go at that time. But like, there are just certain things that happen that you just cannot. It, the game does not point you in a direction. But anyway, I just wanted to wrap up the conversation by saying that this game is really special. I love it a lot. I do think there are a few weak points. Um, you are going to watch a lot of the same scenes. Like when you're in class, it's the same scene over and over and over and over and over. Um, you are It's very repetitive in that sense. Uh, there is a point behind that. But 
that doesn't change the fact that it's very repetitive. So if you, you know, I don't know, maybe grab your phone or something, if you decide to read a bunch of books, then guess what? You will be watching a counter go up on the screen unless you have the speed read, which can make it go up a little bit faster. But reading a thousand page book actually took me about, I think, nine in-game hours, uh, which was probably about five to ten minutes real time in which i just pulled out my phone and just like was doing something else while that was happening so like i mean (laughs) it is very much like that experience but uh, by the end of it um it's a game i'm really glad that i i got to check out and and once again i've never i've never played a game like this ever um and in an Every every year, there's like one or two of these type of things that come out, and I'm just like I'm just floored by by the by the ambition. You know, again, I don't think this is as, as good as something as like an Outer Wild, which I think is like flawless, pretty much. But like, this is a very much a flawed experience. But it's one that's so fucking special that like I just I would be remiss to not mention all of the qualities and the highs with this game and, and to at least bring it to people's attention and say, Hey, if this sounds cool to you, if you just want like an, a cool experiment to check out, like you should play this game. There's not, there's literally nothing like it. So yeah, that's, that's the friends of Ringo Ishikawa. And that's what I've been playing for the week. Oh, wow. Good stuff. Right. Okay. Hmm. Was not expecting yeah, that this one. week. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I definitely got a, at some point, play it because it sounds good and i i like that you said that it was like less than 10 hours yeah. that's something that i could sort of play in between jobs yeah or like while i'm waiting for something to edit yeah. or to render or something yeah so. super super mm-hmm. nice game to do that on you can save hop in and out really easily and, and definitely i implore you guys to check out the soundtrack i think you guys particularly uh would love it just as much as i did i'm down with some lo-fi let's do it all right so this is on me now, huh? Yes. What yeah, have you been playing, Chris? What I have been playing. So I've been, I've actually, I've played a little bit here and there of different games. Um, unfortunately, granted, last week was supposed to be like a week off, but I used the time to sort of like <laughs> open up like a whole other thing to, of like work for me to do. But um, it, was, it was, it was, it was a week well needed. Uh, yes, there's certain things I could have done to, uh, um, make the most out of it. Cause like, of course, you know, it's fucking COVID. I can't like go, go anywhere that I really wanted to go to. Um, part of me wanted to actually drive to, uh, I think, is it Tennessee where it has like, I think it's like the blue, blue something, blue lake, blue something where it's like, it's a really nice looking lake and. I don't know. I just wanted to sightsee, but I was like, eh, I don't feel like dealing with all that. I think I'll just work with what I got to do at home and do errands and stuff like that. So, um, played a couple games. I do want to shout out. Um, I'm going to cover it more on that's unfortunate next episode, not next episode, but the following week's episode. Um, I did a little bit of float therapy on Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sort of pulling out from like the realm of video games, float therapy is uh, it's a it's a therapy that people use when like, you know, athletes use it. Uh, people that have like anxiety, they use it. And it's essentially like a uh, sensory deprivation tank. 
where you're in a the best way to describe it is like you're in the hyper not hyperbolic time chamber, but the uh rejuvenation tank from the Namek from the Namek Saga from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. You're in there but not but not like fully like you're not in, engulfed in water. You're not like completely surrounded by water. You're uh you're basically floating like floating on what is essentially like a foot and a half of salt water. But you're inside this like uh I don't want to call it a tub, but it's like a tank. Yeah, the you're inside this tank that you could uh once you step in, you could sort of like you know, pull it closed and like everything is shut, like is shut off. So like you can, of course you can have it set where like there are like, you know, lights on and everything like that. But to get the full effect, lights are off. Um, you have earplugs in and you essentially like, imagine like right now, if you're listening right now, if you're watching, close your eyes. Like, what do you see? You see nothing, right? In that tank, you open your eyes. What do you see? Nothing. <laughs> like completely nothing and it's it's an experience where it's uh since you don't have your phone with you you don't have like notifications you don't have noise you're essentially in this tank and it's just you in your mind mm -hmm. so um for some people, some people are like, oh, hell not. Nah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like tight spaces. I don't like the dark. Why would I want to do that without my phone? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people use their phone. A lot of people use, like, distractions to sort of, like, escape from where their mind is going. So, uh, essentially, in the sink, you don't have that crutch. So now it's you and your mind, you and your thoughts. And to get, like, the, the full effect of it, uh, you want to, which eventually will happen to you. You you'll want to like empty your mind. You'll want to, um, for the most part, uh, I don't know, just like become zen, and you're just floating on this like the salt water. So I don't know. For a lot of people, it, it, that might sound it might sound like something like they don't really care for. But uh, um, subjects you're saying. Um, sometimes i don't want to be with my mind i like music too much so you can also you can also uh choose like what music's playing um i chose i told them to like i trust whatever music that they have planned for people to do these things which is of course like that that meditation like humming like and the like, low tones the, the bell yeah the low tones and yeah. like the bell yeah. some uh inia yeah so um for me personally it took me because I, I did an hour float it took me maybe about 40 minutes to actually shut my mind off and to sort of hit that point where like my mind was sort of like just open and like I was just I don't know I was like it, I was like taking things in so um I don't know I, I I'm I'm about to you know set up like a second float to sort of see if I have like a difference if I could get to that point quicker but uh I mean going out of it I felt more focused because i think like the thing i got out of that my first float was that i have adhd so like even in my mind i'm thinking all right when i get out of here i'm gonna eat and then after that i might like edit a video and then after that i'll hit up someone else about like getting them on the show or something like that like there's always something i have going on in my mind mm -hmm. um at that point i was sort of stuck with like hey like i sort of want to get the full effect 
let me meditate let me like you know do the whole like you know uh hold my breath i hold my breath but, like you know breathe in breathe out and try and get my you know focus back on what i was trying to do so eventually i was able to get focus and it's like sort of being in a dream like the, like your your mind will eventually like get to i think what they call theta waves or the theta state where your body is sort of like you know slowed down your your breath is like really slow and some people at that point they start like having lucid dreams so if you're into stuff like that you know you could uh sort of experience that but you can only really experience it if you sort of go into that experience um with your mind open if you go in saying oh this isn't gonna work oh this is dumb then that thought process will sort of like you'll literally just be sitting in salt for an hour and not really get anything out of it but once you sort of like give into the experience give into like just meditation uh that's when you know the 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 magic happens so um yeah like the the whole like day after i was like yo i feel like really zen right now i have customers in my face saying i don't believe in masks i was like all right cool that's on you dude i don't care look out (laughs) i don't care anymore good luck so yeah, I mean, I was, like like I said this past week, I've been doing stuff like that. I so why the uh, salt though? Did so it... the salt, so the salt, it's um, uh, I think she, like the shout out to Lisa. She was the one that was like, you know, she runs the place. She was telling me that uh, you know, the body doesn't really get magnesium like that. So like the for one, the body will absorb the salt, like the magnesium through the salt through the water with you in there, and it'll help like relax you, um with the floats and that's another reason you're floating on the salt so like essentially like you're since the water is like so like dense you're you're really floating like you really don't have to do too much to float you know how like if you're in your pool you have to have like that mental like all right i'm gonna like actually float and then you'll float right here like it's it's sort of effortless to float hmm that's what so like how they like how like they say like the dead sea like there's so much salt water in there that you'll float in the Dead Sea is the same same aspect. Okay. And uh, you know, after about thirty minutes, if you're just out there just floating, um, it's good for people that like have like you know back things or like back pain. Like your um, essentially like your your spinal sort of like like not pull apart, but like you'll really get like really loose. So uh, I know me, I had like a I could neck crick um going in there and like did not feel it whatsoever wow like at one point yeah at one point when you're uh just like focused on just like the nothingness Mm -hmm. the water is like it's um body temperature so like if you're really zen you won't really feel the water you'll just feel like you're like floating in a in a in a void Mm. okay huh okay yep so Cool stuff, really cool stuff. Um, there's two games I do want to talk about that I sort of played more if, than anything. Um, you know, we talked about actually three games. Um, we talked about um, the Marvel Avengers, which you know I'm cool with. Played some, uh, what should I call it? Ghost of Tsushima. Hey, he did yes. it. Um, I did it. I picked up Ghost, um, and I echo everything that you you guys have said over the past couple of weeks. Uh, not to really talk about it too much, um, 
like going into it, it feels like I I can see the difficulty in the game because there's a couple times where I did die for like just being hard headed, but it's a really simple game. Like it's it's really like straight to the point. Uh, I'm only maybe like two hours in the game, um, but like I sort of like like how they're building the world, how they're building the characters. Uh, I met the archery instructor mm-hmm. or sensei and sort of hearing how like he was a dick to people sort of makes me laugh and then uh the other this is this chick she's trying to find her brother so i think i did like the first maybe the first or second first two missions with her yuna uh but so so far like i think it's cool i guess it's, it's a cool game um it's a beautiful game holy shit yep. like mm-hmm. uh I I I sort of I sort of want to not play this and sort of see what they do with the PS5 version. But the game is beautiful. Yeah. Like this is it's, we're at a really good point where like if games are like looking like this on a PS4, which is like what at this point seven, six to seven year seven old years. seven year old, yeah, seven year old hardware, I cannot wait to see what next gen yeah. what that's gonna look like. Yeah. The visuals, I think, are the best part of this game, easily. Yeah, like they look, yeah, it's, it's insane. It's it's something that like I just I repeatedly would like tell myself, wow, like this game looks really good, yeah. and the and the load screens once again, like I died a lot. <laughs> thank you, yep, thank you, Sucker Punch, for having quick uh, load screens so yes. you can jump straight back into the action. Yep. So I I I don't know, it's a toss up. I may play more of this. I may finish it. Um, and I have no problem to. I have no problem like saying that I want to finish this game. Yeah. It's just that I I just want to see that PS5 footage. Because I, <laughs> I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna mm, I think if I play through all of this now, I won't care too much about getting the PS5 version. And they never said in, I don't think they said anything about like an upgrade, right? Not yet. Mm-mm. Yeah, tra- Sony, that's trash. Trash. Give it time. We don't have a console yet. We don't. Have, I mean, we don't you're have right. A date. You're, you're right. You're, you're right. We don't even have a date or a price point for the console. So yeah, take take your fucking time, Sony. You're you're already doing it. Um, but uh, I, I have uh, another two games. Um, one shout out to um one of the developers on Twitter from uh Dread X. It's a this is Dread X Collection Two, which is a um. It's essentially like one of those indie game jam, uh, game dev jam games where like they have 10 days to make a game and it's put into this collection of games. So uh, you start the game off and you're you're locked in this room um, and you, you, know, you have a guy over intercom speaking to you and he's like, hey, there's a, there's a VHS tape, uh, put it in and like you know, do whatever. And you're each, each of these VHS tapes are these games that these separate developers have made. And they're what they were told this, uh, this time around was to develop a game, uh, around Lovecrafting. So whether that being, uh, you know, like the actual, like, will you see like Lovecraft monsters or will you, um, like the game I played was uh played I played a little bit of this one toy shop. I've played 
I don't know the name of it, but it was like a game where like you're playing like a dating sim with Cthulhu. <laughs> That's funny. Nice. <laughs> and then I played I played another game where you're like hunting squirrels. So like all of these games have there it is, Sucker for Love. So like you're uh pretty much trying to get Cthulhu to fall in love with you. Nice. Um and like all these games are like completely different. They they're played different. Like I said, one was like a dating sim. Scroll Hunter was essentially like just a, like a hunting shooting game. The toy box was a um, it's essentially like a first person shooter, but like you quickly find out that you are in like a toy like a it looks like a sort of like a not a toy store, but like a room where like some toy collector like has like different like setups and stuff like that. So it might be a store, might not. I don't know. Uh, you sort of see like the creator sort of like looking at you while you're platforming and like going through their environments. So like each of these games have like, because this is also a horror game. Um, each of these games have like some sort of like, uh, to me, it felt like a, not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Twilight Zone. Mm, they all had like okay. some sort of like Twilight Zone, like, like twist. Right. So, um, so like when it came to like the squirrel hunter, I was, you know, going out hunting these squirrels, but like also picking up these notes uh, and like finding out like like the bigger overall story, like what was going on. So there's that. And then like when you go back to your uh, little cabin, the squirrels that you hunt, you're, you, you go back to your like your room and there's like this sort of looks like a dead body or like some sort of effrage and you're stapling the squirrels on it. Like it's, it's really dark. It's really dark. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting too. Like all of these games are sort of like, you know, like I said, the developers had like 10 days to develop a game. So a lot of them, you, if, if you're looking for imperfections, you'll find them. Mm-hmm. But some of these games, like it's, you know, you're sort of, it's, it's really simple. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing yeah, about. That's what I like about it. That's the thing that looks really cool about this particular title is that, uh, yeah, like you said, I think I think the Twilight Zone is a great way to encapsulate like what this feels like because you know mm-hmm. it's very much an anthology type of thing where like it there's the horror spin is like is is the thing that's tying them together, but they're very much different interpretations mm-hmm. on that, and, exactly. and that's really nice. That's that's cool. I definitely want to play that dating one. That seems funny. <laughs> And then there's um there's also like 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 I said you're in this you start the game off in this like this room where the guy's like hey like find this key use the key to like get the VHS tape and like that's how you're playing the games uh that little hub world sort of opens up like after you like back out of your first game you um he's like all right cool this other door opens up and you can go check that out so you go into the room you're essentially solving a puzzle. And then you'll get another key to unlock another game. So uh, at that point, like it sort of opens up. You can sort of like just go around like this, uh, this house that you're, you're in and like solve the puzzles to unlock more keys for game. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. Like I, I, you know, the, the time that I put into this, like I actually enjoyed it because um, there's, there's a variety of like the type of games that are there. Right. And, you know, this type of game that you, you sort of want to, if you if you if you want to get the most out of it, play it at night, play it in the dark. Like um I think Toy Box got me a couple times because you're you're sort of going in and out of like 
these dark areas that have like pretty much was like the psychos from Borderlands. Okay. And they're mm. hunting you down. So yeah, definitely some cool cool stuff. You know, I'm I I enjoyed my time um playing it. I do want to play a couple more of these games. There's 12 games in total in it. And then there's also like this is the second game. It's the second volume. Um there's a first volume. It's on Steam for 6.99. This one is $9.99. So nice. Uh, that's a damn good deal. I'll, though. Yeah. I'll play some more and give like an overall like complete thought next week. Nice. Um, and then my last game that I wanted to talk about this week. It uh, you know, a lot there was a lot that, that happened this week. A lot that happened. Um, I needed a palette cleanser. I need something that made me laugh. I wanted something that could like sort of turn my brain off and like just play it so i i don't know like i've heard, heard of this game but i'd never like said oh let me let me go and like play it or anything like that uh except now i'm like you know what this is the time to do it uh the game i'm talking about is called trover saves the universe oh, okay it is made yes. by one of the rick and morty uh uh writers and it's whew, it's 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 Rick and Morty, pretty much. Um, it's it's some good stuff. It's actually really funny. It's a it's a funny game. Um, you're playing as a uh, some sort of like creature that's like s- only stuck in his chair. So like that sort of like sets up the perspective that you have in this game because you're playing as Trover um, through like a controller that you see that the main character has, and it's. <laughs> It's pretty funny because like the the writing in it is what you expect from Rick and Morty. Uh so that's a good thing and a bad thing. So like if you don't find that type of humor funny, then you may not like this game. But if you do like that type of humor, then you absolutely love this game. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, um, that totally makes sense. And mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this game is a platformer. You're playing uh you'll be moving trover around with like a controller and it's a like a it's a, a vr uh 3d platformer where you're you're hunting down this main character who it's snowball dude yeah it's snowball <laughs> uh, he's he, he, he steals snowball he pull he uses them as eyes and um pretty much like gains like universe bending power so like he's out to destroy the universe uh, so now you're like put out on this quest to stop him, and of course, like every step along the way is like, hey, go to this place. All right, I'm gonna get to this place, but this you know this asshole has the item that I need, so I have to like do what I need to do to get this item. Uh, but it's fun. Like I played maybe about two hours of it, and have been laughing like the whole time. And you're playing this on the uh, quest. Yeah, I'm playing this on the quest. So how how so, is it trans like how is it transferred over to there? Because it took a while for it to come to that. So since it's on the quest, it looks uh, like you know it hit it took a hit on like the the looks of the game like mm-hmm. the, uh, the the graphics aren't great, but at the same time, like if you've been on the quest, if you use the quest, you should sort of expect that out of most right, of the games. Yeah, mm-hmm. onward, uh, <laughs> yeah, oof, yeah. So, um, yikes, there's that, but I mean, like, just being able to sort of like 
move around and like I played this seated since it sort of made sense. Yeah, since the main character is seated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really want to see a reason why you would sort of want to like play this room scale because you're essentially sitting and you're controlling uh, Trover and he's moving around the environment. And so how but it's does... like, a, but I mean it's 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 a full fledged like a 3D adventure. Like you're, uh, I think lengthwise I've read that this game should take maybe about 10 maybe 15 hours to finish so it's not like an experience type game like uh i think accounting plus was which was also made by swatch games um which had like the same type of humor Mm -hmm. like very like you know uh rick and morty type humor uh but this one's like it's an actual full full full-fledged uh game where like going through it you'll get uh you know power-ups you get upgrades uh, you have collectibles. Um, it's, it's it's all that. You have puzzles that you have to solve. Uh, I think that if you're the pers- type of person that you, you know you like Rick and Morty humor, if you like their writing, you can play. You can pick this up. Yeah, it's about thirty dollars. Um, what I say it's worth I, so far, I'd say it's worth it at that thirty dollars price point. Yeah, because I, I I love the writing from that team, so uh, I'll sort of like I'll I'll set up already to to love the game. Yeah, sounds like it's it's pretty much like off the strength of the writing alone, like that you're recommending. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying that the gameplay is bad or anything. It doesn't isn't you're not making it seem like that. No, right? Uh, no, not even that. Yeah, like um. Like even when it comes down to like the gameplay, the gameplay is like super straightforward. Uh, not that like it's bad that it's straightforward, but right. like it works. Right, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, you know, th- this will be another game that I will, I guess, try and revisit yeah. <laughs> if my schedule allows it <laughs> allows right. it to, re- uh, to revisit, but. Uh, I like it. I think that it it served the purpose that I needed it to serve, which was I needed it to be a funny game, something I could sort of just kick back and relax. And you know what? I think I think I'll this this will be like my like my palate cleanser game for the night. I'll like pop this on before heading to bed and maybe you know bust through a level because it's just like a platformer. Reach a level is like, hey, this is what you need to do. And once you make it through like the world and like sort of like sort of like how like mario does uh in its level design mm-hmm. where you'll learn a new ability use that ability and sort of like uh periodically like learn how to like really use that ability right mm-hmm. yeah finds one mechanic and expands on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's like one of my favorite uh design philosophies in gaming really so i i am happy to hear that there's a but reason yeah. why it works yeah and so you know so far thumbs up i and i think that's just like you said just off the strength of the writing of the game well good because i've been considering picking that one up but i didn't know how i felt about 30 dollars for it 30 dollars for like a, so 30 dollars for a game like this you would think that oh man this is probably going to be like really short or the gameplay not might not be there I feel like the gameplay is serviceable to where the writing of the game is is really what's like yeah getting you to enjoy the game. Okay. 
cool with that balance. Hmm. Yeah, that that's all I have for this week. Sorry, guys. It's, it's been a busy week. Busy two weeks. So with that, we're going to go ahead, go ahead and jump into our news, which um, <laughs> some of these things I'm interested in. <laughs> Actually, a lot of these things I'm interested in. Yeah, well, that's except good. Except for one of these things, because one of these things we're like, you you guys are like, yeah, you, you didn't miss out on anything. <laughs> I'm happy, well, we'll I'm happy about there. that. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're going to start off the news with uh, talking about, of course, you know, on the show, we don't like delving into rumors too much. But, you know, uh, some reports are coming out about the new switch coming in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this, you know, this switch pro switch max, whatever they want to call it. Right. Um, We've talked about it, uh, you know, last year, uh, this year, we're like, yeah, we're probably not going to see it this year. So uh, turns out we should see it in 2021 uh, from what it's looking like. It may just be a box that you plug into the TV. Yeah. Right. Potentially. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Uh, yeah. More power in general but and 4K power and everything and 4K. So, uh, you know, we had a quick discussion about this. Um where we're like, you know, at that at this point, is it still a switch? But my counter to that, you know, question is, what about the switch light? Switch light sort of removes the ability to plug it into a TV. I could see that this Switch Pro is the opposite of that, where you can't take it mobile with you, but it's you know plugged into the TV. You're getting like the max frames, getting the max uh, resolution that you can. Yeah. And that's really what I'm looking for. Right, right. I mean, it's it's literally against the Switch design. Like, what are you switching? Like, I think the Switch Lite is not like, I don't think that's it's not adhering to what I think the original vision for it was. But I mean, I think it fits a certain market, um, which is like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I I think it's just a wider audience because it's a lower price. and I, to me, that's that's the biggest thing. I wouldn't personally get it for myself, but I think if somebody were like not really that serious about gaming, they're interested in like you know a few Nintendo titles. Like, there's nothing wrong with picking up one uh, for sure. Mm, you're talking about the light, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the light. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I say once this pro drops, I'm getting. It. Oh no 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 yeah I'm I'm strictly talking about the light. The pro I mean I mean even when the pro comes out like I'm fine on it because I'm I'm fine with what the switch can do at the moment. I'm gonna have powerful consoles that you know for this cup upcoming mm-hmm. generation that is going to do mm-hmm. things that are very similar. And I'm not the the graphical fidelity of the switch doesn't bother me because I'm not usually playing third party games on it uh, like that. Um, I'm typically playing indies and, you know, obviously Nintendo first parties on it, um, almost exclusively and anything else other than that, like, I'm I'm on anything, I'm on something else. So PC or, or, or PlayStation. So, uh, right now and in the future Xbox. So yeah, um, that's kind of where I'm at on it, but I see why the people are interested for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely James, one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well just to fit the use case, I think that if there was a pro version, that would be my first party mm. system. Mm-hmm. Like all of the, mm-hmm. my Breath of the Wilds, my whatever Mario Odyssey 2 is, whatever like the new Pokemon is, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because even with my um my brief time of playing Breath of the Wild on a PC, 
through the ability to do like dolphin and all that other stuff. Right. Breath of the Wild at 60 FPS is a whole different game. Mm-hmm. That game is beautiful mm-hmm. as it is, mm-hmm. but being able to to crank it up and have it run so much smoother changes everything for just like the experience. So for me, a Switch Pro would set the purpose of definitely handling those heavy hitter first party exclusives. And then my my regular Switch would hold a lot of the dead cells and the torch lights mm-hmm. and the um you know the, the smaller indie the indie arcade basically is what it would become. Mm-hmm. Right. Those portable those games that work better for pickup and play usage. For me, it just works better because when I'm when I'm home and I am mostly when I'm not working, mm-hmm. I don't see the reason to to sacrifice performance when I wouldn't have to. Right. Yeah. So That's how I'm, I've been too. I like when I'm at home, I'll definitely like if I'm playing my Switch, I'll pop it in the the port the dock and use my Pro controller. Yeah. And like and and honestly, for a while, a lot of people have been complaining about um like drift issue. I I have drift controllers. It's just that it doesn't affect me because I'm normally, you know, in the using it on the dock with my pro controller. Mm-hmm. So, Same. Wow. Yeah, it hasn't really affected me too hard. One thing that I hope that they do in something like a pro, and I don't know if they will because it's Nintendo, but if they can do some kind of remote play to a Switch from the dock, that would be huge too. Hmm. Just because like seeing what Xbox has been able to do and PlayStation has been able to do. If they could follow I think, I think, I think at, this, at this point you ask too much from Nintendo. Oh, I know I am. We usually do. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that I'm asking for too much, but if we say it enough, it might happen eventually. So uh, I was going to say Reggie, but never mind. Not Reggie. Um, yeah, Bowser. <laughs> yeah, Bowser. Bro, Jesus, so wild. <laughs> Bowser, if you're listening, get some orders out of there, man. Like We need that. Be huge. But uh, next up, we got some GPU news. Uh, I think James, you're like the you you've read up the most about mm-hmm. this uh this stuff. But yes. um, how you feeling about this new GPU series, the so, uh, Nvidia GPU three thousand series, the beefy boy, the, the, the I think they called it the the BF GPU. That That's nice. Funny. That 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 is one. That is one of the models. The thirty nine hundred is the BF GPU. But um, basically, Nvidia came out yesterday with their reveal of the new graphics processing units or GPUs. And they stomped over everything they've done up until this point, which is insane. Uh, Just to give you a, uh, a bit of an example here. One of the higher end GPUs is the uh, RX 2080 Ti. And that car currently goes for like $1,200. The new lower end model that they're giving out the uh, 3070 is supposed to be about twice as strong as that GPU for $500. So double the performance for more than less than half the price, which is insane. And then seeing as how we're going into this next console generation, they're talking about the ability to give ray tracing without a performance hit, which has been the major issue with ray tracing in the current cards. So I'm I'm really I'm really surprised, honestly, the, the amount of power that they're talking about, the processing units, the ability to, for content creators, the ability to have a green screen minus a green screen, mm-hmm. um, the ability to, they're talking about being able to take 
motion data from a webcam and put that into a machinima. So for the game developers out there and trying to make their own kinds of um, cinematics is going to be huge for them. And then just the value proposition to be able to trump the most powerful computers right now for $500 is a huge blow to anybody that was even considering a console at this point. Because if your rig is up to specs as far as a CPU is concerned or the RAM is concerned, there's your Xbox right there. Right. So so I want to say this is like, this is that slap in the face for all the people that were saying, uh, like when they were talking about the price point for uh, next gen, they're like, oh, like these new graphics cards, like there's no way that a PS5 is going to be like 500, 600 bucks because these all these high end graphics cards are like easily a thousand plus. Like there's no way this is going to happen. They were. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. After seeing this, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about this and they were like, you know, GPUs being over a thousand is fucking criminal. Uh, and it shouldn't be like pretty much everybody's conditioned to um, think mm-hmm. that that's normal. And when it shouldn't be not necessarily when there haven't been other GPUs with considerable power that have actually been less. So the fact that the, like, the latest line is coming out um, and it is at a pretty surprising price point is significant, which is a take I agreed with. Uh, so, yeah. And I think we have to thank AMD for this mm-hmm. as far as getting yeah, this price sure. point down mm-hmm. um, yeah. with, with them taking over the market share of handling the new consoles that are coming out, especially and then being able to drive down the price with their, uh, was it NX series? I can't remember what the name of their graphics cards are. But um, they're talking about putting out some impressive numbers too. So NVIDIA had to some, do some kind of response. Yeah. Otherwise, they were going to get eaten alive out here. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So I, so I, I am really curious to see what AMD is going to bring because Big Navi was supposed to be the NVIDIA killer, according to what they've been talking up. So if they can manage to give this any kind of performance or even a smaller price point, it's it's going to be an interesting couple of months for PCs. And now this gives me hope for the consoles. Mm-hmm. Like I'm being able to. Oh, go ahead. From, from like a price point perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's also a good point. So I hadn't considered that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking of, I still can't get over the fact that this is a $1,200 card now for $500. A, a superior card, I should say, right? for $500. Right, right. So, I mean, I'm excited because now all what's left is a wait to see what um, Microsoft and Sony have to say. Yeah. So we, I mean, we what, could be what, getting those $500 next-gen consoles now. Oh, you're talking about like for the price point? Yeah. yeah. I can't Yeah, there's, there's, there's no... I can't imagine those yeah, this come out at 600. I just maybe this maybe the Series X 550 600 maybe, but I can't imagine Sony comes out with a $600 console. I feel like they've learned their lesson with PS3. They had to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not just now, it just seems more feasible. Right. But yeah. That's a good point. Well said. Well said, James. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's going to be some good stuff. I can't like you said, excited to see what uh the consoles have to say about this it's about time they just fucking talk but that's another thing i don't want to talk about that right now <laughs> you, you don't no, exactly let it out big yeah. i mean it like this this game of playing chicken with each other yeah. it's i could i could get like the business aspect but y'all like it's september like these consoles are coming out in like two more months mm-hmm 
so kids be able to say that. no but the, but this it, this goes back to the point where like these uh these developers like these uh console makers like they they know their market so well that even even if we don't know the price until the literal literal day of it drops, you are checking out. With we're still, we are still going to be. There's still going to be checking out. There's still going to be lines. There's still going to be a demand. Like they, they know what they're doing. They, they, it's it's just frustrating. It's frustrating that they they have us to a point. They have us conditioned to sort of still give in to the stuff and still buy it. But because granted, like I'm talking all this shit, but I'm gonna be one of those motherfuckers that are going to I'm gonna I'm gonna be in line getting one of these systems or curse of the enthusiast, granted, man. Granted, grant granted, hopefully I get my pre-order through. But right, that's uh, that's the thing I'm most concerned about is the pre-order process because like you're gonna have to so on, and like, the second let's let's I was gonna say let's talk about this real quick. The whole pre-order like concept for the PS5, like I'm I'm sweating a little bit about it. Because Sony, the way they worded everything about like, hey, we're going to choose certain people. And if you get chose, if you get chosen, then you have a chance to pre-order. Right. But like, even then, there's like a time limit on doing that pre-order. Mm-hmm. So it's so like, if, if you're, so it, it, that's what I was to say. So like, if you're into like the, the shoe culture, sneaker culture, like it's basically like a lottery system. Yeah definitely which i which is exactly why i'm not in a sneaker culture because i fucking hate that concept mm-hmm. like if i if i want to buy your fucking shoe let me buy your fucking shoe like nah, i don't there's no there's there's no reason for me to like be in a lottery there's no reason for me to be like yeah it's it's i i have a sne- too much. i have a sneaking suspicion i'm 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 probably gonna have trouble with getting one of the, like one or both of these consoles like i i don't think that this is going to be something that's going to be super easy um i think They'll likely have some sort of event that says, hey, they're going up at this time and this date, and I think everything's going to fucking crash. Uh, and it's yes. going to be a, I'm like they always do. Like they always do. And it's going to just be a mad dash. And unless you're, you just have a bunch of bots set up or some shit, I don't know if I'm going to get one, um, which sucks. But I, it sucks, but like I, 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 I think I might be able to get one, but at the same time, like I don't know, I don't know. Anymore. They're, they're just really they're don't. not going to be able to meet demand. Um, for yeah, for either mm-hmm. of them, I'm positive that's not going to happen. Especially with everything going on, people are going to be staying home this holiday. Because uh, I could what? Because because I think with like pre orders, I could see I could see it happening now. I could see where Sony. Uh, I know like there's rumors that they're going to have like a conference in the next couple of days, maybe the next week. Um, they're gonna they're gonna drop the price point. They're gonna drop the pre orders like at twelve, you know, a.m eastern or whatever um it's gonna sell out within like five minutes so then now you're like all right i can't get it online anymore let me go to a store and me working retail me working at gamestop i know exactly how this is gonna work y'all each store is gonna have a certain amount of pre-orders playstation and depending on how bad the availability of these systems are gonna be each store may get four may get five um and then well, afterwards they'll afterwards they'll be like hey um we will get your name down for like when we're able to do pre-orders for more stuff did you say four or five i could i could see that happening that's like nintendo levels of bed <laughs> exactly 
Wow. Think about it. Sony's Sony's using all this cryptic like word choices. Um Microsoft hasn't fucking said anything at this point. Yeah, they haven't even released it, the second console, which we literally know exists. Which we all know about. We all <laughs> know even- about it. People, listen, y'all, if you if you get a a new Xbox One controller, like brand new, like like straight from Xbox, you're gonna get fucking paperwork in the box saying stuff about the Xbox Series S. I'm not mad at so, it. Also, I don't know. It's tough. Also, it's an, tough. another bit of evidence that shows that they truly are playing chicken with each other. Like, they have materials manufactured, sent out to, <laughs> like, these um these package stores with the branding on it. So at this point, if we were, I think, at a normal point in time, like, I, I there's a chance... I think we may have gotten it a little bit early. I think COVID probably did delay a few things, but I mean, damn, it's crazy to me that like we still don't know. We don't even know the second like COVID pushed back a lot. You also got to remember like we we just found out we officially got word on the next Call of Duty, which we sort of knew about for about like a month and a half already. Yeah. Um, but this is like technically the longest they've gone before showing off a new Call of Duty. Right. Is it really? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I just don't care anymore. So I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, they usually do cool. it like early, late spring, early summer, or something like that. But mm-hmm. we we got it really late this year. All right, oh, um, let's go through a couple of these real quick. Yeah. Um, so the new Batman titles revealed: Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad. Um, I was a little disappointed that uh, Gotham Knights is not directly tied towards the Arkham series. But the Suicide Suicide Squad game is. Yeah. Um, we only got a cinematic trailer for Suicide Squad. Um, that's the game that I really wanted to see a little bit a little bit more of, but we won't see anything. You know, um, they showed off more of Gotham Knights, which is a Bat Family game. You know, uh, Robin, uh, uh, let's say Nightcrawler, Nightwing. Nightwing. <laughs> um, That'd be so cool though. Batgirl, Batgirl, and uh, Red Hood. Um, and you're it's like a it's a co-op uh Arkham Arkham game. Oh well, not Arkham game, Batman game. Right. And um no no games as a service, no microtransactions. Yeah, it's not games as a service, right, although least, it definitely yeah. looked like it at first. <laughs> yeah, it has that same kind of yeah. visual style. Yeah, numbers coming out of enemies, yeah. gear, slots, status effects, all that goody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this turns out. I, I like I said, I will say as a, a fan of the Arkham series, I do I, I care a little bit less that it's not an Arkham game, but I gotta still check it out. This so this is the one I, I'm actually kind of more interested in of the two, just because like I, I kind of like that it isn't an Arkham thing. It's 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 in its own corner of the universe, mm-hmm. which is neat. Yeah. Um and I it, the idea of like a co-op adventure it, with that sort of style is intriguing to me. Um and yeah. I actually that and Court, like, Court of our Owls mm, is pretty cool too. Yeah, Court of Owls, yeah, you're right. Court of Owls, good storyline from the comics. Uh if you haven't read that, definitely check that out. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it is I thought it was cool. Like a lot of people were kind of dunking on this game a little bit when it when it was first revealed, but I actually thought it looks perfectly fine. James, what do you think? I don't know. I think I guess coming off of seeing what Marvel did, and then this gave me very similar looking vibes. Mm. It kind of soured me on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the other thing that has me worried about playing as the Bat family, again, they don't feel, they don't appear to be very varied to me. Mm-hmm. It, it feels very much like punch, kick, punch, kick, takedown. Oh, I use, um, I use a sword. I use Tonfa. I use, was it a bow staff? Yeah. Guns. Guns. Are you right? <laughs> I shot, I killed a man. <laughs> good, good on you, Red Hood. Way to, way to get the job done. <laughs> Just be on it, but I don't know. I just I was more excited for Suicide Squad than Gotham Knights, just because I feel like I'm gonna get different styles of gameplay, mm. mm-hmm. and that's what I need in a game like this. But I'm I'm kind of a, I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get to see any uh, game for Suicide Squad because Captain Boomerang, yeah, it's a, 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 a weapon type you don't see often, if at all. I think the last game I remember that was something close to a boomerang was what Dark Sector, and that was like an Xbox 360 with a glaive kind of thing. Mm. I mean, we're um, also getting you know Suicide Squad versus the, uh, the Justice League, so I think that in itself, um, yeah, that's crazy. Because like, what are we gonna do against Superman? What are we gonna do against the Green Lantern? What are we gonna say, do against the Flash? Oh, uh, you wear yellow. Um, reason. I don't think that works anymore. That was like an old weakness. Mm. Yeah. At first I was so I was so irritated because I was like, oh my god, you're doing evil Superman. Even though he's not evil, he's just it's just Brainiac. Uh mm-hmm. but like still I was like, God damn it. Um so a lot of people do think though that this was and this isn't confirmed or anything, but a lot of people think that it's Metropolis because uh Rocksteady was working on a Superman game that was like a heavy, heavy rumor, um, but it mm-hmm. got scrapped at some point. Um, and I think there was another WB studio that was working on a Suicide Squad game, but that studio, I believe, got dissolved or something. So they were like, okay, well, we can reuse some of these assets. Um, so they basically took the Metropolis that they created and combined it with the Suicide Squad elements, and that's what we get. That's not confirmed, but uh, I've, I'm starting to hear a lot of that, and the pieces kind of fit to me, so um, who knows? But... But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I will see how this turns out. Um, I mean, it is Rocksteady, uh, despite some of the issues that, you know, have been cropping up lately, uh, which we talked about last episode. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep our eye on that uh, and the game as well, um, just to see how that all develops. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, so... Uh, definitely, you know, we'll talk about it once 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 yeah. we get some more information on it. Uh, next up, let's uh, talk about Halo. Some Halo news. Uh, a uh, Halo vet, Bungie vet, Joe Staten, uh, Staten, Joe Staten is uh, he's been recruited back to three four three, and it's like, hey, like we need help finishing this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought him back on uh, for so. I guess me and James, we're both in the same boat. We're like, all right, whose mans is this? Like, what's going on? Right. And Rod, you were like hype. You you were excited. You were ecstatic. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, he's he's uh, written some of the Halo novels. He's, uh, he's um, I think they credit him for, like, some of, like, the opening scenes and, like, oh, Combat Evolved. Yeah, yeah. And- well, he's, I mean, the big deal with him is that he wrote all the scripts and directed, and he was a cutscene director for the first three games. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah, I mean, he's a pretty big deal. Um, and I mean, some people might be saying, oh, well, I don't give shit about the story in Halo. But I think what he was really adept at in those games were was actually like setting up the scenarios that you were playing through and making some of those mm-hmm. so memorable. Um, like I could tell you about Silent Cartographer. I could tell you about Assault on the Control Room, things like that, um, that made that those games so iconic in a lot of ways. Um, you know, he's like the the granddaddy of, of Halo, as it were, like in terms of story. So um, even though story Halo story is not like maybe why you come to the franchise, I do think it's like kind of integral uh, or integral to like, you know, the experience and and part of what makes it so good and, and how it sets everything up. So, yeah, I'm extremely excited. So he's he's coming onto the project, which is awesome. That's great news. But now the question is like, all right, what does that mean for infinite? Like how much of that game changes? Like, you know, you don't, you don't bring somebody like that on to like, just touch up a few things. Um, you, and he's not replacing anyone. He's like literally a project lead now. So he's, he's shepherding all of these elements together. So I have to imagine you bring somebody like that in because you are attempting to reshape uh, the game. And, and I don't think it's- I feel, I feel like they're pulling a destiny. Like, you remember how Destiny had got rebooted a couple times? Absolutely. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if he's like he him coming in, him looking at what they got. And he's like, all right, y'all, this is trash. Like, we need to we need we need to redo this. Listen, we need to fix this. I I think that him doing that, I feel like this is him ripping off the Band-Aid. Him, he will he he could tell, you know, he could tell the 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 fans because the fans like they know him they know that like he knows what he's talking about mm-hmm. if he would be the person to come out and say hey we have to push this back even further to have this game live up to the expectation yeah. that everyone wants i think that the reception is going to be a little bit better yeah i mean also mm-hmm. also at the same time if they're going to do all that i also feel like a hey, if he's ripping off the band-aid Go ahead and rip off the Band-Aid. We're not going to get this on the Xbox One. Nope. Like Xbox this, done. This gonna, exactly. Like this is just we're just gonna this is gonna be a a uh, Series X, Series S. You think so? Game. Um, a series. I. Series, yeah. I. I could see them doing that, and then maybe like down the road, or maybe like send like get like another uh, developer to work on the Xbox um one port i but i feel like they need all hands yeah i feel like they need all hands on deck on like fixing this game i'd be surprised if they if they did that i, I mean that would require i feel like a pretty significant overhaul which i mean would definitely push it to 2022 if not even even further um and, and i don't know how they're how they really want to do that like how they want to f- frame that that at this, honestly at this point Honestly, at this point, I if tomorrow Microsoft is like, hey, we're we're pushing back the Xbox uh Series X, I wouldn't be surprised. If Sony was like, hey, listen, but at the same time, so I don't think Sony, besides like production uh reasons, I don't think they have a reason to push it back. But at the same time, like the launch window or launch like the, the launch titles for both systems are trash right now yeah um my, there's, no, there's there's no real reason to like i know people want to justify their purchases right they and like and and that's, it makes perfect sense 
we're in a pandemic we're borderline uh recession part two um electric boogaloo like huh electric boogaloo yeah um like this it, like it's hard to justify spending five five hundred dollars on just one game and how people are like oh you know you we, we we're getting like this new madden we're getting uh <laughs> we're getting uh miles morales like yeah. as much as i am excited to play this miles morales game for one it's a spinoff it's not our full-fledged like sequel game like i i'll take what we get but at the same time i'm so disappointed we're not getting the like the full sequel treatment. Like I th- still think that's, that's I still think that's bullshit. Um, but but besides that, like, what else do we have? We have Ratchet uh, and Last- Clank. We have La- Ratchet and Clank. Right. I'm pretty sure we'll get like a, a Last of Us two uh, re- remaster. Would they call it remaster? I mean, they did nah. that with the first one. All of these games that you're mentioning, by the way, are are not launch games. They are launch window games. So not, exactly. none of these are coming out. I think the closest thing that, that's coming out to launch is, is the Miles Morales game since they confirmed holiday 2020. So that could very well mm-hmm. be like December, um, which isn't terrible, but everything else has been slapped with a launch window, which is about six months. So probably mm. for May um, or in May, which is where some of these launch. I bet Ratchet launches either at late March or like May. Mm. Don't do that to me, buddy. I, 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 I can see Ratchet being a launch title. Yo, Ratchet looks ready. I mean, well, Gamescom, yeah. they did not want to confirm that. And I, I don't I don't think Ratchet is a launch title. I think that game is coming in next year. I would be shocked. Uh, I'm sorry. I just I don't think that game is ready for prime time. If, they, if it was, I, I think that Sony would be shouting that from the rooftops. Hey, buy our console. It's ready at launch. They're not ready to commit to that yet, which makes me think that it's not ready. Um, they're not ready to commit to a price point or a date. They're not. So, that's true. Yeah. They keep saying, like on the, which we'll talk about in a moment, but during their Gamescom presentation, they talked about like the launch window. The Jeff Keighley tried to get information out of them and they were like, no, it's launch window, just window, <laughs> not day and date. Um, mm. I, 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 don't, I mean, let's, let's, let's sort of jump into Gamescom yeah. real quick. So, um, it'll be quick. Cause I mean, it's, yeah. Um, Got So I'll I'll have YouTube because like I I was supposed to catch up on it, but then I think it was por- partially I didn't hear any buzz. Like my, my my you know my Twitter notifications weren't going crazy about it, um, and like I didn't hear you guys say too much about it. No. So what what happened during Gamescom? That's a good question because I fell asleep. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Um, like. I do remember going to this understanding that we weren't going to get any super mind-blowing announcements, but it, it was more like mind-numbing after a while. Yeah, Like, we got to see the Ratchet demo again. It was a little bit longer. That's why I thought it would be ready for a launch, because um, it seemed like it's on point. It seems like it's there. Right. Um, the visuals are good. The, the gameplay seems solid. I didn't notice any hiccups. Like anything crazy. It was literally um, the Sony presentation, just uncut. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly what it was. But um, I mean, besides that, nothing really grabbed my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also not getting any of this information that we want out of the next gen doesn't help its case at all. Yeah. It kind of just felt like 
something that existed because we felt like it needed to. Yeah, we expect Gamescom at this time, thus there needed to be mm-hmm. a show. Uh, this d- didn't really have to exist. And it wasn't even like, oh, there's a lot of cool smaller games that are being shown. Like, there was a couple things here. Like, I like the thing that sticks out to me is um, the 12 Minutes trailer, which I think is probably my most anticipated indie game right now um, that's going to be out on Xbox and PC. Uh, that is like the time loop game. It's like your yeah. There's some really cool names attached to that one. Yeah, yeah. The cast like William Defoe and Daisy Ridley, uh, James McAvoy. Like the cast list is stacked for sure, um, and that looks awesome. But that's like that's like the thing that I remember from from this. This was a night of like <laughs> Jeff Keighley con- consistently talking about Fall Guys and saying how awesome it was going to be, and then you see it, and it's like okay, they're just doing medieval levels. Okay, like that's fine, but like okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> basically um and it was just that over and over there was like an eight minute long wow trailer it was and it wasn't even like the game it was just one of those bungee trailers that they do yeah it was like an animated uh not stop motion but it was like um it was like pictures essentially but right, it, like pictures with moving backgrounds right right exactly and it was just it was eight minutes long or something like that i was like what the mm-hmm. f- is this um so yeah, Gamescom. But Jeff Keighley tried to he in the pre-show he had a brief interview with Kyle Bo- uh, Bozeman where he was like, "Hey, Kyle's like, hey, all right, what's going on? Like, what's the show like?" And Jeff Jeff Keighley's like, um, "Hey, we should temper our expectations a bit. Um, mm-hmm. We tried to warn us up front. This is not going to be a show where we're going to have massive reveals. We're going to see things that we know about. So just so you know." Um, so he did try to tell us before we spent two hours, but yes, um, that was Gamescom. Seriously. Like we could talk about a bunch of shit, but most of it is not going to be things that like, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time on because we didn't see a lot of it. Sam and Max is coming back. That's cool. Star Wars. There's a couple games on there. Um, the doom DLC got dropped or not released, but just the trailer for it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I mean, ghost runner. Yeah. Like everything we've seen it before. Right. Right. Things that we knew, you know, were, were coming. There was a, actually, there was a really cool Medal of Honor VR trailer that I was really disappointed it was not on Quest, but also it looked very complicated. So I was like, damn, this is not on Quest, isn't it? Um, and it definitely was not. Rift only. Mm. Um, but yeah, so there's not really much more to say outside of that. So so what you're saying is I I did the right thing by not watching it. Yes, you missed nothing, literally. You, you got more out of it by hearing us talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so take that as you will, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. Well, that's <laughs> good to know because I would have been a little salty about catching that. Um, so I guess um, for the sake of time, yeah. we could uh, just jump into our topic for the evening, uh, which I mean, it's going to be a quick conversation about VR since we're you know, already sort of talking about it from Gamescom. Yep. But the question is, what does VR, what does what does VR's what is VR's place in the next console generation look like? Mm. And I sort of want to start off with this. I think um, with the pandemic, with uh, the strides that we're getting in VR right now, um, I feel like it has the potential to become something really great. Uh, especially like I, I really emphasize the pandemic part because uh, um, as, as you know, if you've listened to the past couple of episodes, I've, I think I've shouted out VR or at least like my, 
my VR like uh, homies that I hang out with whenever I, I jump onto the quest. Uh, I, I shout them out a lot because there's something about interacting with people in VR, especially in like games like VR Chat, Alt Space. Um, you know, Facebook Horizons is around the corner. A lot of these games, you're you know creating an avatar, interacting with real people, and you're creating bonds with these real people. Like, it's not something like, oh, you know, I played a game a certain amount of hours. I've, you know, became friends with like, or I've, I've really learned how to bond with an NPC. No, like it's a real person that you're talking to. Uh, so I think with how this pandemic has sort of shaped the U.S., uh, granted certain places in the U.S., uh, Florida, Georgia, we're still wilding out here. We're still out at bars. We're still like <laughs> partying. Don't stop, and, like, <laughs> number one, right? Number one. Um, yes. So like certain oh. certain places like in the US, like it's it's still people like have have not really cared about the pandemic. Like yeah, to them it's over. It, Doug. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, pandemic is still here. Uh we're about to jump into fall pretty soon. Uh where, you know, we're into the, the hurricane season like 2020 like it's about to hit us it's about to hit us hard it's so, been doing that stuff it's yeah it's it's gonna get wild uh flu season's coming up come on y'all listen get real get serious uh stay indoors wear your mask but you know we're human we still need human interaction uh for us gamers it's you know it's been an easier transition for us like for us yeah we you know we we have our, you know, Call of Duty War Zones. We have our Destinies. We have our Overwatch games. Um, we have our games where we can socialize with our friends. A lot of normal people, they don't really have that. So when I jump into a game like Alt Space and I jump into a lobby, I'm having full-blown conversations with, like, people, like, in their 50s, 60s, in, like, the middle of the country, some people in Paris, some people from Japan. Uh, some people from Canada, like people from all over the world uh, that are, you know, playing these apps, playing these games and just kicking back and just talking to them, like interacting with these people like these. And these are people that don't really play video games. Um, one of the one of my friends on VR, shout out to Blue Moon. She n- like never in her life considered herself a gamer. But now she's playing games like uh, Orbius VR, which is like a vr mmo she fell in love with that um she picked up uh onward which is like her like first shooter or i mean she played um she plays uh uh arizona sunshine with us so i I guess like but like her first like military shooter like Mm -hmm. she she would have never you know said like thought that she'd be playing these types of games well she's playing these types of games now because she's playing it with people that she's met in these other like social games Mm -hmm. so i think like there's there's a lot of space for uh just for people to sort of be be thrown into that a lot of people when i talk to them about like vr and like how i have vr friends they sort of look at me like i'm crazy until i you know tell them like hey like you know these are like real people like it's it's these are like real bonds that i'm making with people so uh it's it's something that sounds weird until you try it like i've in in online dating i was about to get to that so (laughs) In the in the in the span of like I think I've been I think I had my quest for about 
maybe three months now um in a span of three months and like me like sort of like getting the small community of like people together on uh on quest like of course like this 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 group has like brought in more people and like this group is huge now like the other night i sort of camp popped on and like met all these new people they're like yeah this right here this is like one of the ogs like he's he was one of like the original people we used to hang out with so like it was sort of cool meeting new people but Mm -hmm. the in a span of like three months seeing people's like relationships blossom into like what are like virtual relationships now is something that i feel like Yo, MTV, someone clip yo, someone clip this. MTV, we have a true life episode right here. Oh no. This will make those <laughs> life. <laughs> a true life. I'm in love with a 3D avatar. Or I'm in love with someone in VR or something like that. I don't know, but these are real people. These are real stories. These are people that are like actually like they they are taking quarantine seriously. So like their social interactions are coming out of these games mm-hmm. and with VR, with like being able to like move your hands, move your head, and like talk, do mannerisms. Like it feels real. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. So, like one of the first things I noticed about alt space was like, <laughs> like how, how real social anxiety is in a fucking virtual game. Like it sounds so bizarre and you're like oh my god like you're what why how are you feeling that in a space where you're not literally being looked at but but when you're interacting with people it's just like you're saying chris like these are actual people um and you can kind of be in earshot within uh, for someone else and hear like their conversation and they're conversing just like they might be like in a goofy avatar, but like the conversations they're having are very much real. Uh, they're talking about mm-hmm. their real lives, real issues, um, real perspectives. And, and it's a bizarre and unfamiliar feeling um, that you absolutely cannot, like we can't sit here and talk about this for like an hour and really have you get it. You have to really, you have to just experience it much like I think 90% of VR um, you, you have, it has to be experienced to be mm-hmm. believed. First hand. Mm-hmm. That's a huge first step. So, you know, when you ask the question about like, what is it going to look like in the next console generation? Mm-hmm. I feel like up front, we're not going to see it. Obviously, right now, we're barely getting in the consoles. So let's get the consoles first. Right. Um, and then afterwards, um, you know, Sony, they've already said that, you know, PlayStation VR is coming over. Of course, we've, you know, seen prototypes or not prototypes, but we've seen like, um, what do you call those things? Like just the uh, like renders, of like blueprints of like the next gen uh, VR headsets. So it's something that they're working on. Um, and I... I feel like with that too, it's gonna have to be something that you're already asking people to spend, let's say five hundred dollars on a PS5. Mm-hmm. This headset cannot be more than like three hundred, and that's and that's saying a lot. That's because I guess it depends on what the tech is like inside the headset. Yeah. Too. So, but I mean, with the tech too, like I feel like we're in the space now where. I'll say it. We're in a space now where I wouldn't, I I wouldn't accept anything less than a wireless VR headset. Thank you. Wireless changes so the game. Pe- so people, I you know, and when when you bring this up with VR, uh, people say that oh no, you need uh, it needs to be hardwired to get like the full effect. 
No, no, you like, don't. At this, at this point, like my quest is uh, I have um virtual desktop side loaded onto my um quest, and I play my I can play like my PC VR games on my quest without it being like linked up, like it's all wireless. So the wireless like the wireless um technology is here. Of course, you know, you have to have the, the right speeds. Of course, you have to be like, you know, hooked up to the Ethernet. Of course, um, your system has to be able to like carry that load. But with what we're seeing, how powerful like these next gen consoles are, um, that's, that's something it should be it should definitely be able to handle. Um we need, you know, better uh like just the screens uh per eye. Uh we're gonna need uh better like field of view and hopefully with everything being offloaded onto like the console itself um let's see like a you know decent battery life Mm -hmm. i think that's a very solid wish list doesn't seem too outrageous yeah and then honestly 400 i could with everything i just said just putting into perspective i'd say 400 with three to 400 that should that should be the spot but at the same time, we have to get like the the reasoning. We have to get the games. We have to get like why you want to pick up these VR games. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, hopefully we can see something like I, I played a little bit of Half Life Alex. Like we got to see some more full fledged games like that. We got to play. Uh, we got to see. Um, like shout out to Capcom for what they did with Resident Evil Seven. Like having these full fledged games be playable in VR. Like, you got Hitman that's a, 2 coming with it. Mm-hmm. Like, that that, the stuff like that is like day ones for me. If I hear like it has VR capability, like I'm going to do that. So well, I'd say we won't see this anytime soon. We'll probably see this in like maybe next three years, three to four years. Um, but let's just get the consoles first. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get a price first. But what about you guys? What are you guys, what are you guys feeling? About the same? Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it. Uh, I, I don't even know what else I could really add to that. Um, I, m- my answer was going to be along the lines of the games, uh, is the kind of experience that the developers are going to give to us. Um, but I also think that's limited based on the hardware. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get a, a Half-Life Alex type of experience or Medal of Honor VR, um, you know, by a respawn on a quest because it just it literally can't handle it um and there are there are games out there that can kind of simulate it in some ways but we're still taking hits in others i think onward is the perfect example of this where i think like the immersion of like the the gunplay is phenomenal like being able to literally feel like you are loading a weapon is uh, sounds slight but it's not when you're actually doing it it helps you get in there but everything else around the game looks horrid and it's like Mm -hmm. that kind of takes you out a little bit um so i mean on top of the the graphics um I do think it does come down to a what type of exp- like VR experience people are going to make. I would like to see more Half Life Alex's um, and 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 Frost. I think what's called Frostpunk or Frostbite or something like that. That's coming um, or, or already just arrived, something like that. But it's a like an expansive campaign uh, in VR. That's that looks fucking awesome, um, and it's what you would expect from like a 
you know, flat screen, the big budget AAA title, um, but just in VR, like kind of 10, 15 hours, sort of like a Resident Evil, I guess, seven, you mm-hmm. might say, like kind of experience. And I would like to see more of those. I don't know when that will come. Again, I think that depends largely on the hardware, but I, I hope that in the next generation, we see developers kind of start to make those type of experiences. I'm not saying I need to have like a 20 hour VR experience, um, but I would like to see something more than just like an arcade shooter or something like that. Um, I love my space pirate trainers. I love my super hots. I love my, um, uh, what's that? Robo recalls. Things like that are great, but I think those are like a dime a dozen, or at least those type of games are. Now I think I've just named games that are like at the top of the, the tier for that. But there are so many more that are kind of cashed in and and those type of games. So I would like to see more ambitious titles for sure. Um, and I know it's like a really easy, <laughs> a really easy thing to wish for. Um, easier said than done, but but that's that's where I hope things are headed in anyway. So, uh, with that, I guess we can sort of wrap that up. Wrap up the episode seventy nine. Uh, y'all, what we let's roll out the red carpet. Shout outs, which we got. Oh, let's, let's start with Rod. Rod, what you got this time? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm off guard. Um, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, you got this. So, yeah, if you liked what you heard, definitely check us out on all of our social media platforms as well as Apple Podcasts. Definitely give us a like, a comment uh, over there. That helps increase our visibility to you. We also appreciate it. Um, and also quick shout out james mentioned it earlier like in the episode at the very beginning but shout out to uh, that's unfortunate you guys are still killing it over there um and i love to see it appreciate that yeah all right james uh, what you got let's see shout out to you watching or listening at home most definitely we are majorly appreciated we couldn't do this without you so thanks for being here um shout out to that friend who took your advice and listened to the podcast shout out to you also love you shout out to your parents for making you fantastic people keep it up and um i don't know man just be good to each other it's rough out here sometimes gotta try a little tenderness makes it a bit better for everybody you never know what people are going through sometimes we don't find out till it's too late so be kind be kind empathy and kindness that's what we need more in the world of like be empathetic be kind be chill um everything that these guys just said we appreciate everything that you uh you tuning in you watching you letting us know what you like or dislike about the show all that stuff helps the brand it helps us get stronger it helps us become better so definitely appreciate all of that so with that guys we are signing out for another week y'all stay beastly peace